Hey, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth McGuire. And this is Talking Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversation. We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion, but we've been lucky enough to write, produce, and hang out with so many incredible rising artists since we started our project. Whether it's at sessions or parties or over cups of coffee, we've talked with our creative friends about everything. Music, life, love, and all the subtle complexities that come with being in the middle of a journey. Talking Line is about hitting record in these conversations and sharing them with you. There's no real structure, nothing really prepared, just friends talking about life and what it's been like and where it's going. We recorded our last episode of 2019 with our friends Jackson and Emma of Loot. We first met Loot through our mutual friends Alex and Eden, who we mention often in this episode. Likewise, we've all hung out a few times since Loot moved to Los Angeles. Some context for this interview. Loot recently released their EP Lost, and were in the midst of working on their song ATFT, which is out now. Prior to that, they put out an EP in 2018 called Single, and collaborated with Lauf to co-write and produce the hit song No Promises for Cheat Codes and Demi Lovato. Multi-platinum songwriters and producers, Jackson and Emma, or Loot collectively, are two of the most talented people in pop music, and together they've changed the pop landscape with their passion for the perfect hook and their awesome artist project. So, without further ado, we're Loot, and you're listening to Talking Lion. Well, hello. 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 <laughs> Thanks for coming by. It's good to see you guys. And we had some tie a little bit earlier. So we're, uh, yes, we're, all, we did. we're all tied up. Tied up. Tied up. Thank you for having us. That's a great start. <laughs> what a way to we had some Thai food. Tie me up. <laughs> That's, and we're here. <laughs> and we are here. Well, how, how have you guys been? How's your week been? <laughs> it's been fantastic. It's been pretty good. Um, I found yeah. out that I can sing notes that I did not know I could sing last night. That's awesome. For the song you were playing? Yeah. Yes. Call, 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 which we will keep quiet, but that okay. it was very, very good. good to know. I feel like every time I wind up hearing just like random stuff and it just absolutely blows me away. You guys have like this crazy talent and skill and all that, whatever. I'm gonna I'm just gonna get the gushing out of the way now. So. Can you tell that we have no idea how to take compliments? <laughs> last night, Alex, Jackson's best friend, your friend Alex. Um Shout out Alex. <laughs> Alex was going Ugh, you know, you guys are just such a team. Like, what a combo. He's and like, then you guys are such Jackson, a machine. Yeah, he goes, you guys, I mean, you're like a well-oiled, like whatever he was saying. But then Jackson, who was wearing headphones at the time, hadn't heard it at first. And he, at a different point in time, was like, he turned around in his chair and he was like, you know, Emma, you, your vocals and Alex's vocals, like together, you guys sound better, I think, than... than that us too, yeah. And I could not handle how much complimenting was going on. And so I just kept saying like nothing and just smiling <laughs> awkwardly. Yeah. Well, like, I, I feel like nobody's particularly good at like yeah, accepting compliments because you spend like a good chunk of your life. Like you grow up with a bunch of stuff like, oh, you're adorable. You're a child. You're that did not know how to learn how to read. the oppressive phase. And then you go through the phase where like, yeah, you're not shit. And then yeah. somebody's like, oh, you're like really good at what you're doing. I'm like, no, I'm still working. I'm still like, like can you, <laughs> yeah. you know, just take the. Yeah. Um, It's funny. She was saying like as you're leaving that uh, you're very hydrated. Sheer. Mm. We were in a session with him. And he was, he comes in with like, I swear, like a gallon yeah. worth like water bottle. And I'm like, that's a lot of water. Like sort of like digging in. I'm like, oh, that's a lot of water, man. And he goes, how much water are you drinking? <laughs> I'm like, no. And he's like, what are you drinking? I'm like, you know, coffee and beer. And he's like, I don't know how you're not dead. <laughs> I don't know how you're alive right now. I don't know how you're still alive right now. I'm like, in oh, true, shit. true fashion. And I'm like, I'm not feeling good, like as in the general sense. So true. I, I started drinking more water thanks to Brandon. So yeah. I mean, out. have you looked at the man's skin? Like he looks like he's five years old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was like keeping I had like an app, I was keeping track. 
It's how to do it. It lasted like, about a week. Yeah. In my defense, it lasted a month, but you're right. It, it definitely tapered off now. This is first water bottle. But it got day. you to be more hydrated. By the way, I have the loudest thing. water bottle ever. Ready? That's your ASMR. That's the ASMR, the yeah. ASMR. Oh, wait, ready for this one? Well, do you ever do you ever sample it? Do you ever like definitely not actually not. hit it? It's really good. It's got like a water drum kind of sound. Yeah, depending on how much water is in it, you can get different pitches <laughs> nice. out of it. <laughs> Sorry, that was so many sounds. <laughs> well, you know, it's we're we're just building the the scene. You yeah. know, it's a uh, dinner theater. It's like we're really setting the pace here. <laughs> it's like suddenly we have like sound effects all around. It's we're in the forest actually. It's like yeah. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not even right, on now purpose. they're all hydrated. Now they're all <laughs> hydrated. Well, I feel like just in general, cast the characters. Alex Costa, your best friend. Yeah. How we met, and his girlfriend Eden, who's also absolutely incredible. Brandon Shear, writer, and Russell, who's sitting on the couch. Yeah. Russell Kaplan. Our faithful energizer bunny manager. Russie. Oh, Caps. and Colin, your brother. My brother Colin. Yeah. Who Alex Burrell, who to... is not Alex Costa, but he's another Alex that another Jackson Alex. lives with. Yes. Who is doing sound. For you guys? Uh, yeah, he, he helps he out with our been. thing. Yeah, that's not his part. He's like an amazing jazz pianist. Oh, well, that's how, that's how I know Alex yeah. he is from a, school. He's a mad, but fancy he's like, pants jazz Because pianist. he's a man of many trades, it's helping us with some sound too. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, and kinetics, because I feel like they're uh, going to come up. Yeah. Oh kinetics and one yeah. love. <laughs> kinetics are dude. The um, boy kinetics. But back in our, you guys both from New York? Like, no, born? I'm from New York. Since I'm from Boston. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm from suburbs outside of Boston. Newton? Uh, that's Russell. Nicely done. I Winchester. Knew it was one of them. But no, but close to each other. Opposite uh, Winchester. Direction? Did you guys ever meet mm -mm. back? Okay. Where in New York are you from? Um, I'm from Manhattan. Oh, okay. Hey. Uh, where like in Manhattan? The blonde bitch that I am. <laughs> um, so I grew up in Chelsea. It's actually complicated. Look, go. immediately my life is complicated, Get complicated from the very second that I started yeah. Why do um, you have to go and make things so complicated? Oh, man, story of my question. life, dude. <laughs> Actually, it's not the story of my life, but Avril Lavigne, yeah. Mm. Big influence on me, actually. I saw the influence playlist I on Spotify. I felt really self-conscious about loving Avril Lavigne songs when I was in fourth grade. I think somebody I made fun not. of me, and I was like, well, I just they're just so good. They're Wait, just so, so good. Wait, so when, when you were in fourth grade, I was in second grade? Yeah. That's how I felt That about. makes sense, because I remember being obsessed with her in second grade specifically, because like that was the year that all the girls were really mean to me, and I didn't have friends that were girls, and so I would just jam out to Avril Lavigne. Classic. I felt the way about Katy Perry. I like That was the first one that I like felt like I had to hide from everybody, because I was <laughs> out there being like, pop music is dumb, and I don't get like the mainstream, and then like quietly I was listening to Teenage Dream, just like, <laughs> you know, two in the morning, just like on YouTube. Dude, just, yeah. can we please just take a minute to address... Uh, hot and cold and what it did oh. to yeah. everybody yeah. yeah oh man because oh, yeah. i used to after school like watch the music video on someone else's ipod touch because i didn't have one and my friends and i would walk to starbucks and obsessively like over and over sing the part like sing the different parts of the song like we would switch parts anyway <laughs> just going I just, to starbucks just listening to katie perry what a mood what a time that is just going a dream. to a, a performing arts school Oof. in middle school listening to katie Perry. it was just <laughs> yeah. did you go to laguardia uh that was high school yeah i went okay. to laguardia oh okay let me tell you what happened complicated to my life. well i like that we went on a little tangent what Ooh. i love about a song like complicated is like i saw donna missile sing it at the L Ray and the that's whole so L Ray cool. sang. Like that's just, you know. We had to talk about this before we went on tour because we were talking about like if we were to do a cover, should we do 
like I, I think it was actually Skater Boy and not complicated. Oh. But should we do Skater Boy or what was the other one? I have no if idea. I gave I always say 500 by accident. <laughs> yeah, so Jackson was like, no, we have to do that. Yeah. And I was like, no, we need to do Skater Boy because everybody that's going to go see the show is going to know that song. And, and I was like, I don't know any of the words to the other song. The only thing miles. that I know is the like, making my way downtown. That's the only line that I know. Well, it's it's funny because like now with things like like a version and yeah. um, like the Spotify sessions covers for like artists are now sort of like more on the yeah the brain yeah I mean, we, if you we love a song we go back and forth about it. like what would the you know I the I, Danny I, Phantom theme song the Danny Phantom theme song oh is I think what we settle on but Sugar We're Going Down is my go to karaoke song that is great that song. is a great song oh yeah yeah if you want to lose your voice at a party in the first five minutes mm-hmm. go down down I was listening to um. <laughs> A lovely little playlist that I've made myself of like all old Fallout Boy and like Panic at the Disco songs. And poor Russell had to listen to it while I was showering. <laughs> I was cleaning my room last night, like really doing like a blitz and um <laughs> a blitz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it needed a little more than just a casual clean. But uh <laughs> the uh, uh high school musical uh, popped up on shuffle, like breaking free came on and, oh and I just went to the record. I'm like, we're doing this. Like I was cleaning my room That's too. That's a great one. That was also cognitive dissonance. Everybody was freaking about, out about High School Musical when it came out. I'm like, this is dumb. Fuck Me the mainstream, too. whatever. And then privately, I'm like, this is the greatest shit I've ever well, heard. The very first time yeah. I was like, why does everybody want to watch this movie? This looks like it's going to be terrible. And then, yeah, the then I watched it and I was like. In that split harmony, oh I was just like, oh my oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Like a wave that oceans just can't control. Oh man. Connected by not very soul. Okay. Complicated life. High School Musical 2, though. Really quickly, the best song in the entire universe is the one that he sings while he's on the golf course. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Is that bet on it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about, Jackson? <gasps> just, mm. like, the song isn't even that it's the most amazing song. It's just everything, like, that. the visual plus the song is fantastic. Oh, and then the Kim Possible theme song <laughs> and the Zoe 101 theme song. I remember a Kim Possible oh, theme song. Zoe 101. Um, Kim Possible, and she remembered Zoe 101. That's the age difference. Let's just get away. You don't remember Zoe 101. No, I remember Kim Possible. I mean, yeah. Me, 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 if you want to reach me, if you're going to face me, it's okay. You need me, baby. On this episode of the podcast, we just talk about the 90s and the early 2000s. And we only say the theme song. We just name content from the early 2000s. Which actually, this that's is that's this is our secret ploy to get a loot record that's only 90s theme songs or mid-2000s theme songs. Didn't Anne-Marie already do that? <laughs> Although we're I guess that's... All, we're all kind of doing thing. it in our own way. True. Yeah. It's the nostalgia culture. The yeah. nostalgia right. industry. That is, that is greatly... That is a great way to describe that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's pretty much where we all live now is just like wanting however we felt when we listened to that shit right. for the first time. Which doesn't that put us in the group of like... We grew up and all the adults are like, oh, you know, back in my day, these, <laughs> yeah. these were the great I songs. think about that every and day. we're already <laughs> on that. We're already on that. We're, we're already like there. 22, 23, 24, 25. We're already there. Like and back in like, our day when yeah, Avril Lavigne was on the radio. our childhood. And like the 15-year-olds are like, we don't care. Yeah, like yeah true. Although, and then when they're our age, they'll be like, where's all the emo rap? Where's all the emo uh, rap? <laughs> where's yeah, they're going to miss the emo and rap. And we're like, where's all the Blink-182? Yeah, they're going to be listening to like human music. Like from a uh, Rick, uh, Rick and Morty, it's just gonna be like, boop, 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 oh my god! Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Um, or like there's a movie Demolition Man with uh, Sylvester Stallone um, and Sandra Bullock and they turn on the radio and it's like five second songs and they're like they're little jingles and that you know, movie is that's, weirdly prescient yeah wow. nice use of prescient huh? I feel like Your that life. was definitely was, on purpose okay, yeah um, <laughs> he was like the word of, today is word the word of the day the word of the day is prescient it's like a what is it Wee's Playhouse uh, yeah, or uh, uh, the Sesame Street. Rainbow. Yeah, Sesame Street. I don't know anything. <laughs> Brought to you by the letter Your life. A. Complicated. Um, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Why really quickly, my life. So I grew up in Chelsea, but I lived in Battery Park City, which if you've never been to New York, if you don't know Manhattan, Battery Park City is like the very bottom of Manhattan, like the tip closest to the Statue of Liberty. Like it's mm. like where the like South Street Seaport is. Like that's the, the base of Manhattan, the south end. Um, and I grew up in Gateway Plaza until 9-11. And that day, like, I mean, obviously changed everybody's lives in the world everywhere. But, but it's different for New Yorkers. Yeah. And, that's, and yeah. like, I lived, like, two blocks away from where it was going on. And I went to school right there. And the day that it happened was, like, my second day of first grade. And, like, I, I was legitimately there with my mom running in the crowd, like, in the giant smoky thing. Holy shit. And um, my mom, I remember, like, put this business envelope over my face. Because, like, you know how, like, business envelopes have, like, the little place where you can, like, where you can read your name? But mm-hmm. it's, like, a little plastic slit. So, like, that's all I could see out of. Because the rest of my face had, like, a, it was essentially, she, like, gave me a mask, even though I didn't have one. So that it was, like, a little bit less crappy for my lungs. Well, I mean, what people might know, I mean, um, John Stewart just, like, did a whole whole thing on it, but there are people who are still dying yeah. now mm-hmm. from breathing in the. It's why yes, so my, my I'm part of a study because of that. Actually. Really? Yeah, like they randomly will check up on me. My first like girlfriend's father passed away while we were going out because he had um tongue cancer. He's oh one of the God. first responders. Like he was a firefighter. Yeah, that was the first time I f- heard that like people were still dying. Mm-hmm. They're going to be result. doing studies on people for the next, I think, like. 50 years. Probably. Are you good and clean and... I mean, I hope so. Here's hope. If I'm yeah. not, I don't know about it thus That's far. I mean, fair, as, fair. Well, like, as far as physical health goes, I'm, I'm all right. Mentally, who the fuck knows? But like... I, That's, I mean, that's terrifying. Yeah. I definitely developed like a lot of PTSD in the form of like... Um, I had a lot of separation anxiety. I mean, regular anxiety too. Like there was a lot of depression going on in our household after that. But specifically for me, I think I just had a lot of separation anxiety and like couldn't go on the train by myself in middle school when everybody else started doing it or like I couldn't when we finally got like a dog I couldn't walk the dog by myself more than like like a block away from my house where I'd start to freak out like I even had problems like going to guitar lessons by myself was it like the fear that something could happen or yeah I don't really know what the fear was it's just an irrational fear like of I don't know if it's somebody like kidnapping me or if it's something happening and me never seeing my family again whatever it was it just contributed to a lot of anxiety that I had about life (laughs) wow I'm such an emo kid no but (laughs) why I say that I think it affects New Yorkers differently is like I I was very lucky that my because I was in the suburbs right so you know we saw like it over like the smoke over the river and we saw and I say we but I was you know I was four years old but my friend in school lost his father like yeah and a lot of people yeah the fact that like something could just like fly out of the sky and then I mean life could be different yeah I saw it happen my I went to PS 89 before Mm 9-11 and that school is on the river and like I just remember hearing a ton of fire trucks like 
way more than I've ever heard in my entire life. And I remember my mom coming back upstairs to get me and I thought it was because like she forgot to say goodbye because I was upset because I forgot to say bye to my mom and I was so excited to like see my friends. It was like legitimately one of the first days of school. Yeah. And it was like this gorgeous day outside. It was probably was kindergarten too, right? Or, first, uh, grade. first grade. First grade, yeah. But I like, I just remember like distinctly certain things being so perfect about that day until it happened. Like I still have the dress that I was wearing because it was my favorite dress. Jeez. It was just crazy. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, going back, so 9-11 happened. We moved to Chelsea, which is farther uptown than Battery Park City for people that don't know New York. (laughs) Um, And then I went to school at PS41, the Greenwich Village School. (laughs) And um, I went there until sixth grade, and then I went to PPIS, which is the Professional Performing Arts School, and then I went to LaGuardia, which is the High School of Performing Arts and Music and Art. Were your parents musical or was there, what What sort of gave you the bug of um, My parents the... are both in advertising, actually. Oh. My dad's an artist. My mom, well, my mom played the drums, but she didn't ever do it professionally because she had like terrible stage fright and she was also a swimmer. And my grandmother essentially was like, you got to do one or the other because your shoulders are <laughs> going to be huge. <laughs> I mean, like that's obviously not, not really. But yeah, my mom picked swimming over that. I guess, at a young age and did it forever. And she plays the drums sometimes, though, like, when she feels like it. Hmm. We used to have, like, Do you guys, like, electric... jam and stuff? No, unfortunately. Because <laughs> my, my dad's a piano player. We would, like, jam on Friday That's nights. That's so cute. And, um... I never got to do that with my parents. But I think, like, both of my parents grew up and loved music forever and both, like, kind of, I don't know, helped me figure out what I liked at a really young age. Like, I listened to a ton of classic rock and, like, show tunes and my mom loves Bruce Springsteen <laughs> and like you too and we all listened to a lot of classical music as well so they're not like musicians but they're they were very enthusiastic people music lovers. And, like, yeah. Music lovers yeah and then you just you spent the rest did you well you okay. went to school so I went to school I went to LaGuardia High School and my parents got separated while I was in school and so my my mom moved to the Upper West Side and my dad was on the Upper West Side for a second and then moved to Brooklyn, to Park Slope. Oh. And that is, my dad still lives in Park Slope. My mom's been on the Upper West Side for years. And yeah, I essentially, like, as I grew up, got farther and farther uptown, I guess. <laughs> Which is funny, because I, I was born on the Upper West Side, like Mount Sinai, and yeah. then we they moved straight up into the suburbs. And That's really funny. I was there for 18 years. The exact years. opposite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although, in a sense, I did also go more uptown. It True. just happened to go so uptown that it was a different... Town. It's so uptown that it's not called it's, New York City anymore. Yeah, it's Westchester. Well, that's the thing. I was like, anybody else, I'm like, yeah, I'm from New York. What do you want? And then, like, to anybody from New York, I'm like, I'm from the suburbs, don't I? I'm, I'm from not Westchester. A... I'm yeah. Westchester. Yeah. So, like, to us, you live upstate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know we hate when people call us upstate. Yeah. yeah. I was also anybody from Long Island, and too. And upstate is... people hate when Westchester people say we're upstate. You know, it's just yeah. technically, to me, it's all the upstate. It's like, all upstate. It's technically upstate. I, I saw an article that was like. Albany's upstate, I'd say. Yeah, it was like it's like drugs in upstate New York, and I'm just like, okay, is that like where my brother is, or is that like in side. Buffalo? Like, yeah, because my sister goes to Binghamton with your brother. Which that was the craziest. We were at the Fonda show, and I was, we were just talking to your sister, and I was like, oh, are you, are you in college? She's like, oh yeah, I'm in upstate New York. I'm like, oh, my brother's going to college in upstate New York, and she's like, oh, I go to Bing. I'm like, oh, my brother does too, and then. <laughs> I was it's like, like you find out they're actually already friends. They're, they are already <laughs> friends, yeah. That's a great. Um, 
But, uh, so weird. Which is funny because my brother for months was like, yeah, I got a friend and like her sister's in a band you should check out. But I don't remember the name of the band. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, boy. You, uh, you grew up uh, in Massachusetts. Yeah, suburbs um, of Boston. And your family was musical, she was Yeah, alluding. really musical. I had, um, let's see, my, my dad was, my dad and mom met in like Boston music scene through the context of music and music friends and stuff in Boston in like the mid eighties. And my dad was in a band uh, signed to RCA. What was the band called? Down Avenue. Okay. Uh, and they were, had, grown pretty do you know that no no the reason i asked is because my my uncle was in a band in boston Mm -hmm. at the same time yeah so Um, they wasn't it like a battle of the bands yeah they won the bbc music rumble oh um which was the thing that passion pit won when they were coming up boston uh they won (laughs) that in 1987 and they signed with rca recorded did you know they did the whole you know did a recorded album at abbey road uh product manager you know a and r got fired you know their a and r got fired business thing dropped that whole thing right uh, the whole like they uh, yeah so which you know you hear about a ton uh the classic almost made it or almost some tier it. of making it because yeah, i think my uncle's not but uh my uncle gave like all of his like percentages away because he didn't know what they were uh, yeah, and sure. then he was like oh wait why are we broke right yeah oh yeah that's so sad um so my my mom and dad met through yeah right when my dad was in that band through that context and we moved to they moved to the suburbs my mom still teaches piano i mean i guess not full-time owns full-time has taught piano my whole life growing up in our house like private lessons as a bunch of private students. would she teach you as well she did for when i was really young and then i had like you know it's a thing where it's like tough to have your mom as your sure. teacher yeah. so i had like a more jazz-based teacher uh let's see my older sister like the first time i started getting into music i remember my sister was like singing celine dion covers for my parents in the living room and I was like I want to try to sing too that was when I was like I don't know five I don't know that's so cute though so a very musical household like my dad I remember I'd be driving with him when I was a kid and he'd be like calling out numbers of chord changes singing the root notes of them because he's a bass player uh, (laughs) in the the truck and I'd be like how does he do that (laughs) like like what and then after playing piano for a while I would look at my hands when I played like C, G, and F, and no, that's a one, five, four, and I and then event and I'd hear it in a song, and I'd say, oh, you know, that's, that's that sounds like when I do that, that's a one, five, four. Oh, that's how he does it. <laughs> started to get an ear of it, and I was, and I started to realize now I might be able to call up. Well, actually, he's still he has a pretty good ear still. I don't know my dad would just like her. sit down and play like you know we'd be playing something on the radio or you know and he would just sit down at the piano and play it and i was just like how the yeah, yeah. Fuck it's like a magic like, trick you know and they then like but you can play i can so yeah. they actually yeah, have to learn yeah, how to but, do things yeah once you can yeah. start to get a sense for that yeah then it's pretty um, easy so yeah my older sister was songwriting uh still is is like a folk singer songwriter and my younger brother is our drummer and as you guys know who you know through berkeley <laughs> and uh, a, a senior and a at berkeley He's a dope uh, MD as well. Yeah, MD and producer too and writer. Uh, and Shout out if you want Colin Foot services. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess this is the Colin Foot advertising. Uh, but yeah, so like it was just, I was super, super musical family, like very surrounded by it. And my dad showed me GarageBand when I was in like probably fourth grade. And I was like, that's stupid. And then like a day <laughs> later, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then that was, I just never stopped. That's awesome. What I always think is so interesting is that you and Alex and Eden all met each other like day one, right? Yeah, dude, yeah. pre day one orientation. Pre- orientation, orientation. Like first, 
20 minutes of orientation. That's crazy. Though. And like after probably two hours, we were like best friends. I mean, not, yeah, yeah like we were all just like friends immediately. Uh, that makes and sense to me. We hung out, like orientation was like one night, two days type thing at Purchase College. And we like met the first hour and we hung out, all of us, like me, Edie, and Alex, like four or five others until like probably three in the morning, four in the morning, just on campus, just being, becoming friends. And that's kind of yeah, how, like, like how any first friends. experience with Alex and Eden is, is that yeah. you wind up accidentally hanging out until four or five yeah. in the morning. Yeah. They're some of the most. That's like what and, they And they do. weren't a couple then. They, 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 both had, they were both in other both relationships. In other relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Really? They, if we go into the Alex and Eden thing, it's not for right now, but it's really, <laughs> they have a fascinating, fascinating love story. Imagining yeah. them for another time, but. in relationships with other people seems, so when, I can't. When I met them, they both met each other as well. Yeah, well, yeah. and that's what like, blows my mind is that all like. All of us met, yeah. Here's like three different important relationships all happening like in the same <laughs> yeah, second, crazy. you know, for different, yeah. you know, different. Yeah. Now, I also did hear about the America's Got Talent story. I was about to say, I know this is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Not even America's Got Talent, more the, the but go the ahead. Video, well, the video, well, the video, you know, you guys, you guys yeah. did a, a certain special cover. We had an accidental, like truly accidental. I mean, to some, to, to, to some degree, like you, accidental you don't viral YouTube now, right? cover. I don't I, think I do know okay. this. Well, Take the stage. It was, uh, Edie was singing. This was actually, uh, yeah. Edie was singing um, Get Low by Lil Johnny Eastside Boys, which is like a melody. And Edie's got a great ear for melody. Um, and like while we were at dining hall and we were like, that's kind of cool. We should record that. And this is the time like freshman year of college, like first two months of college where like you just hang out with like your group is like seven, eight people, you're just all in a huge group all the time. It's so like, like the random desperate yeah. Yeah. So like, be, yeah. yeah, no, it was our homies. Like we're all really good friends. So like we, even when me and Edie and Alex would be like hanging out in our room, we'd have like five other people with us. <laughs> so we're like recording, we start recording this and I'm throwing a beat together at Logic and cutting Edie's vocal on like a blue mic. And I have like three or four friends sitting on my bed, another two on my roommate's bed. And I, and I have to be like, shh guys, like stop, everybody's silent the room for a second, then Edie's singing a line, and then they go back to talking. But I love in the like, video is this, you have well, just like the random five people no, like on the- Yeah, that's because that's how it was. And our <laughs> friend, other friend walked in and was like, you guys should do like a, like film this while you're doing that, or like a filmmaking of things. So like, we were like, okay, interesting. <laughs> this is how so truly cute. clueless we were. Like, so we get a camera, we rent a camera from the school, we record this song, it's ridiculous. And we have like a friend of mine who's a film in the film department, you know, just like come and kind of film us all singing along to it. And then like, literally I just like downloaded Final Cut Pro and that was the first video I've ever edited in Final Cut Pro <laughs> was, was our Get Low thing. And like, we only had one shot of me for when the part I was Which singing you- and it pans into my elbow <laughs> and it's blurry and then comes to my face and goes into focus. You can find all this in the video. So like we had some idea that there is some like small amount of magic to it because of the, the melody, but we didn't like, in terms of the, the video is what made it viral. And we didn't, and it was because like, Edie was like, I don't know what to do when there's a camera on me. And I was like, just smile a lot and look like you're having fun in the video. <laughs> no, I seriously like, oh like people won't, people won't, if you don't look like, if you smile and look like you're having fun, like people enjoy watching, you won't look uncomfortable or awkward. So the result of that was the camera panning to Edie and she's like, from the window to the wall. And then she's like, with a huge grinning smile, till the sweat drops down my balls. I just switched keys, it's I've gonna bother me. I've never understood why, why these bitches so cry. Ah, skeet, skeet, motherfucker. 
motherfucker. Like she's singing this, so happy. And we did, that, that was entirely accidental. Like we didn't try to make an ironic thing. I was just like, smile so that people, so that you look like you're having fun. No, it's just that you guys it was are really so funny. It was so purely clueless. But you guys are um, hysterical together. In, unintentionally. Like they're point. just amazing. Um, like watching them together is like watching a comedy troupe. Well, and, and that's yeah. the thing about like them and then broadly, like you guys are just yeah. like, they have, they're just so much fun. They're both like, they're very just charismatic. So funny. Yeah. yeah. So to finish, long story short, so like we, finish this video and we put it out and I, I knew like, okay, like maybe I'll send it to like a bunch of friends that had been kind of peripherally aware of us making this video. Like, oh, I'd seen this and they'd played it for me one time. So our thing, our plan was like, all right, let me send it to all the friends and right at the same time, we'll all post it on Facebook. That was like, <laughs> right. this was our launch. <laughs> and it's crazy because- That's okay, that's a, yeah, that's a good marketing a good strategy. Movie. I mean, yeah. it was like 15 people, you know? So it's not like, <laughs> but, but to this, you know, senior year of high school and up until then, I was like trying to figure out how to, like breakthrough in any type of social platform or YouTube setting in a music context. Like I was doing the like follow a bunch of people on Twitter and then unfollow them. Mm. Or like Instagram wasn't even a thing yet. Or like post video. I had a YouTube channel that I was posting songs on that were garbage. And like Facebook page that I was like, well, they were, they were bad. And like a Facebook page (laughs) I was posting stuff on. And this is my first lesson, like real lesson about like content. And because I had spent all this time trying to like get Twitter followers and or try to find like the right and, yeah, and like and just and just just you know spinning my wheels in place and then we post this video which is terrible quality <laughs> and just has and just like has some type of thing and literally instantly and I mean instantly it explodes like we posted it I sent it to a couple of people we went to dining hall and we come back and it's on world star hip hop reddit <laughs> and it's front page of reddit world star hip hop and has like 400 likes, but only 200 views. And we didn't realize at the time that when views oh, go really fast, it would just, yeah. it would it makes sure, it it sure they're all one. legit. So then we are like, we have no idea how many views this is getting right now. And we won't find out until we don't know when you find out. So, and back then, like a million views on YouTube is insane. Oh, of course. Back yeah. then. So, but we woke up the next day and refreshed it. It had 40,000 views. And that, and we were like, what? Yeah. So we had no, and it was like, yeah, that's way more now, like 40,000 views and nothing on YouTube. No, but like, I don't know. I, I, I had a band in 2005 or 2006 or whatever. We put out um, like a What I've Done cover that got like 10,000. Oh and that was like a big deal. That yeah, it's a big like, deal. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's um, what, There was like maybe a million people on YouTube at that point, you know? Yeah. So that was, anyway, point of the story is that was the first time I realized like it did not matter any PR, any effort of me following people on Twitter or trying to send it to people or like trying to build my socials or trying to, you know, put out the right music and send them to blogs or like none of that mattered at all. It was all meaningless because at the end of the day, it came down to the fact that there was a piece of content that somebody wanted to show somebody else. Somebody wanted to share it on their Facebook or somebody wanted to send to a friend. And when I realized, and like that is literally priceless, like in the, in the world of social media where you can have somebody, if they like something, decide to just share it to exposure of 400 other people. And then if 10 of those people like it, they each want to show it to four or 500 other people. And I realized that and it blew my mind because I was like, oh my God, like if you have, if if something like that has a factor, you're going to do that. And that actually caused me to be like, okay, I'm not going to keep putting out. I mean, later and later down the line, I'm not going to keep just like putting out songs. I'm going to actually, I'm realizing what, what the difference between like, something that's cool and something that's actually meaningfully good in the way that people are going to want to show it is so and i know i'm not at that level because i knew it was kind of an accident how that happened so they gave you like a taste for yeah i was like okay this is really clear that like this works because of the product because Mm -hmm. of the song and i don't 
and I'm not good enough where my other stuff's gonna do this. I just stopped putting music out and, and just strapped in and started just writing and just trying to like stop putting music on YouTube and just started writing for like three years. Well, and just trying to make not shitty songs. You just wanted yep. to get good. We, yeah. we, get we good. often say like every action has an unequal chaotic reaction. Like you yeah. could spend, like a lot of people think, okay, you spend a lot of time on this thing. You put a lot of effort into it. You yeah. have your marketing, you throw your money into Like you do whatever you can on something. And that because like you do all that effort, A is going to equal B. Like you're going to get some sort of uh, output that you think. But honestly, like the most important things that I think have happened in our life and I'm just going to make the assumption in your life have been things you couldn't necessarily have expected. Yeah. You know, things that are control. sort of yeah. outside yeah. of your sort of range of vision mm-hmm. or even outside your range of effort. Like sometimes mm-hmm. the most mm-hmm. important things that could happen could be these sort of like fun, effortless sort of accidents. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but you learn, you learn from those things. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's the chaos of the system. Yeah. As like a, a 18 year old who has no chaos idea, theory? you know, what's what, going the on. Every action has, no, what is the every action? Well, every action has an equal, equal. opposite, opposite That's a physics thing. That's a physics yeah, that's thing. A physics thing yeah. Right? What is that? That's Newton's, uh, Newton's third law. Yeah, I remember which it's one It's a Newton one though. It's a Newton one. One of Newton's yeah. laws. Yeah. I failed physics. <laughs> it's the only class that I ever failed. I had a folk band in high school called the first law. So I like, they were like, oh, what's it of? And you I'm had like, a what? I had a band in high school. Oh, a band. Like I thought you had a club called, for oh. some reason. Yeah, it was the first law the club. You could club. only come in if you knew physics. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that does not surprise me uh, also, in high school. my brother studied physics. That for, makes sense. Yeah, but, uh, you know, we like to think that, like, okay, if, if I push this hard, It'll go. it's going to move that far. That's the theory behind every record that's ever been pushed to radio ever. Exactly. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is that then you have Old Town Road. You know, then right. you have your Billie Eilishes. Then you have, like, the things yeah. that don't make sense where it's, you know, small pushes that have ripples. And that's, I think, the kind of chaos that we're into. Well, to me, it's not that it's it's a small push. It's just a different kind of push. Mm -hmm. Because to me, the the same way that a label has the intention of pushing a song to radio, the masses have the intention of pushing the song that they like to become the most popular thing ever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When we all come together and agree that something's dope unanimously... There's nothing that stops that song from going. The same yeah. way anything else happens. For some reason, sometimes, once in a blue moon, every fucking person here decides, yeah, you know what? I also like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, which is why, and we, mm. we go through this all the time, but like, I think that taste is obviously subjective, but quality isn't. There are certain things that we can universally like. There mm-hmm. are things, I think mm. we can all agree Very that well. some things just aren't funny. We can agree that some, and if that's the case, if we can all agree that something isn't something, then the opposite sort of has to be true in a more sort of abstract way, you know? So how did you two meet? (laughs) Uh, So, Josh has been sitting in his room for the past three years, writing songs, making fat beats, making fat lyric changes, doing some top line things. He's in composite, he goes to the studio production yeah music production had you had things sort of bubbling i i was doing i had a youtube channel like me and Edie built me and Edie and alex like continued to put out covers that were the same concept of that that did smaller but still like became representative of like a core fan base of listeners small what what was your favorite that wasn't uh the one that went viral i don't know i I cringe at all of them (laughs) they're still around yeah i don't know there's not too many of them where I'm like, this is was a dope thing to do. Do your fans <laughs> find them? Sometimes, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. We took I think we took a lot of them down because like, there were times stuff? when like either they either them maybe going through job apps and like you Google them and that's something that comes <laughs> up. It's like not really what you want. Yeah, but what about right. the get low cover? Like I think get low is maybe the only one that's still out. 
So really? a lot of them, yeah, we made private and yeah. God damn it. Anyway, so <laughs> I, I wasn't even really top lining, but continue, Emma. Uh, but, but I'm saying like Jackson yeah. had started to figure out like writing and you did. You were yeah, I was writing a little. I was writing, what yeah, are you I was talking writing, about? Yeah, I was writing I'm a trying to hype you up, man. Yeah. So Jackson's a junior at this point. He's rooming with Alex, unbeknownst to me. I'm a freshman, 17. Jackson's 20? 20. And we were in the same songwriting class because I was a studio composition major and he was a studio production major at our, in our music conservatory yeah. at Purchase College <laughs> in Westchester. In Westchester. Which is how you know Alex. Probably about 20, no. 25 minutes from your house. Yeah, I, I remember. So you actually know him from outside. A lot of my yeah, we know friends. Alex from No, we, we don't know. Um, we actually met Alex oh, maybe Alex. a couple months ago. Oh, Alex, Alex Costa. Alex Costa, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we know him through Evangelia, just through New York. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Friends. We're, we're, we, we are new, but very fast friends. Wow, I, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I thought you guys went further back. No, we met in February. No. Oh my God. Yeah. But yeah. They, I probably hang out with them more than anybody. Classic Alex and Edie being the hub of like every social circle and every piece of conversation like right now. They're the Kevin Bacon. They will be in people who listen to this podcast will not know who they are, but that's eventually at some point we'll learn who they are. They will become Infamous <laughs> just because they are probably the two most likable, enjoyable they're like people the, to be around. They they're will be, collectively the Gertrude Stein of be, Los yeah. Angeles. Yes, like legitimately, yes. they are a force to be reckoned. The fact with. that we've talked about them this much, and and, and they probably <laughs> almost come inevitably, up in multiple, yeah. every, they probably come up in multiple of these podcasts. Everybody knows. Yeah. I was at a party with one of our friends who has never met them but sees them every week at bowling. <laughs> oh yeah, and knows well, them. Only because of that. Because uh, well, Mind you, we've never ridden with them. We just play Settlers of Catan, Smash Bros. We go to improv with them. And our friends who we write with, they... Uh, they know them too. They yeah. go tangoing together. Yeah. Right. They just, doesn't, they doesn't live. surprise me. I, I think the reason they I hang out with them is because they, they, they enjoy their life. Like they make life yeah. like better. That's the best way I can put it. It's just yeah. they, I, I always just feel... More enriched. I don't know. You it gotta have really... Alex in here. I was man. gonna say, why don't you guys have them on a podcast? Yeah, have, oh my god, they're way that, more entertaining it, than we are. Yeah. We we've been talking to them about yeah, you that have for a while. Here. Anyway, yeah. so but, uh, Alex was my roommate. Yeah. Yes. I don't know, yeah. Before okay, we sorry. talk about, we met Alex forever. through Evangelia though, yeah. like back in February. Sense. Yeah. Okay. So Alex and Jackson are roommates. This makes sense. They are best friends. They were roommates, obviously. Yes, Jackson has a roommate. Junior, nobody didn't have roommates. I don't think. Yeah. Until you're seniors. So we're in the same class and. Carl Sturkin, who is a known producer, producer songwriter, songwriter artist, developer, runs a runs a small independent label that has JVs with majors and things. He and his partner, Evan Rogers, Evan and Carl. Yeah. Amongst a lot of other things that they've done together, they also discovered Rihanna. And like, that's like one of their, I would say that's a huge achievement yeah. in like, their life. Like back when she was in, in, Barbados. in Barbados. Both of their wives. Yeah. Are from Barbados. Found her, met her when she was 15 on the beach. She on like, Acre oh. Beach. Oh. Yeah, I actually don't know if it's Acre Beach, but yeah, they That's met her cool. in Barbados when she was 15. I think it was through like Evan got this CD of her singing with two other girls. Something like that. But was, anyway, like, yeah, so One they, they anyway, signed Rihanna and developed so her. So Carl, who was half of that writing production team, um, was teaching this class at Purchase. He was teaching a songwriting course. And Jackson and I were both in the class, and um, it's a required class for studio composition majors. So I was there, as were all of my freshy friends. <laughs> and then there were other people that were allowed to come into the class as well, because 
it only became a thing like when he started teaching. So if you wanted to join the class, you could, depending on how yeah, much. Yeah, so I was in the class. So this was your second semester of the class. Yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. I was trying to say. It's like Jackson was like yeah. in his second semester of that course when he I was, was a veteran of the class. Also, to give, to give a little context to this, like in Westchester, New York at SUNY Purchase, like there's very there's basically no pop co-writing even happening. Um, there aren't even really too many people who are. I think there was. I can think of two, maybe three people off the top of my head who are like actively pursuing being pop composers of any kind in the production or writing world at SUNY Purchase. But when Carl Sturkin came in, it was like- It was a big deal. It was like, oh yeah, like the dude who discovered Rihanna is teaching a class here, huh. you know? So that was like the craziest thing. I literally scrambled last minute to add <laughs> that class to my thing because I'm a clueless like pop producer who's trying to like get into, you know, <laughs> producing and like, professional the professional world of some sort and i'm like you know i'll probably like play in my beats the first week he's gonna <laughs> want to like sign me and like obviously not um, <laughs> what was the opposite but, standpoint but, i was like the reality was that like well you ended up working because i did a whole semester yeah. before emmett came this last semester of my sophomore year uh i was in the class and then the second uh and then you can take two semesters of the class so i took it mm -hmm. again uh the first semester of my junior year which was emma's first semester of her freshman year my first semester <laughs> um, so then, sorry, go ahead. So now we're all caught up to speed here. Now we're on, yeah. Um, <laughs> so Carl is pairing people for this assignment. It's like the second assignment of the class. Jackson and I have spoken like five words so far to each other. And those words consisted of like, I like your phone case. Jackson just liked my phone case. That was it. <laughs> yeah. What was the phone case? I it feel was like actually dope. It was a cassette tape oh, so nice. it looked like it was like a cassette but, it looked, but when phones were smaller it looked like a real cassette <laughs> yeah i thought it was like that's why so. he said something he was like i was like wait a minute wait oh that's such a cool phone case and i was like ha, thanks but like and was this 2014 2013 okay we old kind yeah. of wow and yeah. all weird but <laughs> yeah so so that same day carl randomly assigns us together on the same project he was just like picking people because he didn't know their names and like just by who you were sitting next to and Pointing, Because, literally. like, nobody yeah. was next to me or Jackson. We're so fucking For homework this week, co-write a song so together with a paired partner. Yeah, so he you couldn't. Two, you two, he you couldn't, two, um, you two, you two. So you guys got no sorting hatted. No one can see that because yeah. it's a podcast, Jackson. Well, I know, but I'm saying, like, he's pointing at two people at a time by where their desks are and saying, so you two, because you nobody was sitting next to me or Jackson and we were just one of us in front of the other, he just happened to switch from, like, whoever was next to you to, like, Jackson was behind me. And so he was like, you two. <laughs> yeah. Didn't know who the fuck we were yet. Well, and then we like, just started writing. Dumb luck. Every yeah. every action has an equal chaotic yeah. reaction. Exactly. For totally. all the all the people trying to start bands, all the you know people trying to do you know like life changed because he went like this instead of like this. Yeah, I know yeah. it's crazy. Nobody yeah. can see this because we're on a podcast, but like you know just when you go yeah. like one in front of the other instead of side to side, like just yeah. that that alone changed and my yeah. life. You guys both decided to go to class that day. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah. Yeah. It is super early to know. I'm not missing, at that it point, like I was never first... missing a Carl Sturkin class. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what I thought, too. Yeah. Everybody else was kind of like, whatever. not everybody else, but like, I, I remember people being kind of like, his class is like, whatever, like, it's just him talking about <laughs> stuff. And I was like, exactly. It's exactly. just him talking <laughs> about stuff. Are you kidding me? Why the fuck would I not want to go to that class? Like, I don't know anything about anything. I didn't even know that songwriting was a profession. <laughs> Yeah, and and so, that oh, everybody opens up for like a second. You're like, yeah. I know. I'm just like, what? Like, oh, wait, people, you can do, you can write for other. Yeah. Our very first lesson ever in his class. This was our. So oh, when Jackson yeah, and I worked together, great. this uh, this is actually a great way to describe what happened between us because when Jackson and I got paired together, it was our second assignment of the year. The first assignment that he taught us was this lesson of how to steal a song. 
<laughs> it wasn't well not I, legitimately it was how to, how to how to take from a song without getting in trouble basically yeah. like how to rewrite stuff enough so you are okay yeah but the whole goal was for us to purposely rip rip off a song yeah. it was how to rip off a song yeah I because it, that's what you need for like you need to know that well, yeah. it was like well, yeah. i forgot who said to like steal like an artist sorry exactly. yeah. yeah and i because i think this is a really important way in which he presented this assignment sorry to butt mm -hmm. in but this struck a chord with me and i tell this story to a lot of people because he said for this week copy you know a song that was like a hit you know right or you know just a popular song enough that you know you would get like sued like copy it that's you what take it, it yeah. steal it and do almost a cover of it but rewrite different lyrics or whatever so people did that and they brought theirs in and then, you know, he played, you play it for the class and you go, okay, so now, you know, change these chords and, you know, shift where all these notes start, you know, over by this, you know, and change this note here and change this. And now you probably won't get sued, but you have a song that sounds just like a hit and my head exploded. And I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> just steal someone else's math yeah. and then and, and like, it around and there that's, you go. That's, that's like kind of pop songwriting 101. Yeah. Well, and, it's also just like being able to embody like not like looking at this like spaceship, like how the fuck do you do it, but actually embodying it, yeah. you know. But That's I wouldn't have known that yeah. was appropriate, <laughs> you know? Like I would, right. like, I like you think there's way more like honor in it than that. And it's like, <laughs> well, you know, there is, but like this is this is a competitive industry. And, and they were like, doing it, is, whoever wrote that creating, song was doing it. Yeah, you're yeah. trying to create a product that people want to consume and want, and like it needs, so it's like, yes, it needs to be reminiscent of other things that they already know and have learned. Well, it just, it needs to you be know? something that sounds awesome. And just, if you are influenced by something, why would you be afraid of making that a part of your music? I think yeah, that, yeah. that that's one of the things that, that hurt us a little bit was that like when we started, we didn't know anything about anything. So we were sort of just like, reinventing the wheel but like not for no reason for, not, for no reason I mean, yeah to, to also the counter side of this is like outside of just like straight top 40 pop creation you have people who writers and artists and tons of them who don't do that way this is just one way to do it you know there's like tons who don't do it that way and just like have music in them and just have instincts and have ideas that are just them and they just come out and they're incredible. For me, this lesson was super awesome because I was the opposite. Like I, I had never, mm -hmm. I had never thought. I mean, right yeah, to and, and, do and, something yeah. like that. I was like, it wasn't even that. Like I thought it wasn't okay. I just didn't even think about it in that sense. Right. Neither did I. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I. So going back to Carl's class. So that was the first assignment. I played a song. Like I sang on it, obviously, because I'm singing and playing a guitar. Yeah. I think I stole a jet. Are you going to be my yeah. girl? <laughs> Which was an interesting choice, but I liked it. So I was yeah. like, good to go. Jackson did Beauty and a Beat. Beauty Ooh, and a Beat. Justin wow. Justin Bieber. Justin yeah. Bieber. trash. And no, it was fucking awesome because I remember my head exploded to quote Jackson. The production was good. The production was good. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like good. Like, but that's what I'm talking about though. Okay. For the time. I'm 17 yeah. years old. Right. And this entire summer before college, I had just been like, Toying around with this idea that I had, unable to finish it, because I was like, I think this is the first time I've ever felt like this. Like, I need somebody to help me do this production-wise. Like, I don't know how to do it. Well, the first time you hear a producer to begin with, yeah. and you're like, I mean, that, that was my epiphany. I was like, you can do that? With him. It was like, oh, so like, I know somebody who can make the thing that I hear. Right. In my head, I cannot it, yeah. do it, though. Yeah. I cannot yeah. do it. And so, yeah. like, my goals, after the first assignment, my goals were like, one, have Carl Sturkin know who I am. And two... <laughs> find a producer to work with at college who wants to work with me so I can get better at doing things. And yeah. like in one class, all those things get like summed up and yeah. So that, that was the I, first like, class? So the second first class, class was yeah. that assignment. The second class, second assignment was 
just to write a song with whoever was next to you. So, so I had heard her sing and she had heard a beat and, and then we got yes. paired together. So we got paired together. The only thing Jackson had said to me up until this point was, I like your phone case. <laughs> and I was like, ha ha ha. Oh, fuck. You just blew your one shot at like talking to the producer that you like stuff <laughs> in my head. But like I didn't want to come off as like that freshman that's too eager. So I was right. being mad chill about it. Yeah. Everybody's, shy. Everybody's shy and nervous and yeah. Yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah. And I was like, how do you even ask that? So... <laughs> then I didn't have to. You were just a side. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, weird. No, I, I like what's kind of cool is that like, the, even if it wasn't for that like pairing, there could have been like yeah. another It just might have taken a lot longer for yeah. me to like be yeah. like, yo, want to help me with this? It so could, anyway, yeah. so we do the song. I have this song thing that I've been working on. Jackson, immediately after the class ends, when we got paired together, he was like, so you want to go like write the song? And I was like, <laughs> what? And he was like, yeah, no, no, let's go up to the studio. I have access to the studios at, at our... You know, I had the, the studio, studio time booked for right after that class. Oh, so he happened okay. to already have In the one studio. of the rooms that's just, yeah, in and the same so building. So I was like, I was go. like, all right, I guess we're going to have to find a time to do this. And he's just like ready to go. So I played him <laughs> yeah. the thing when we got upstairs. And like 30 seconds into it, he's like, oh, I know exactly what this has to be. Like and starts doing it. It was his- crazy. Actually, my head exploded when she, when <laughs> she played this because like. Were you expecting it to be bad too? No, I, I didn't. I, I was expecting it to be like cool or good, but. I didn't realize at the time, like that I was like Poppy. I just yeah, I just didn't realize how how talented she was. Like I didn't like as a writer. No. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Like it's just <laughs> like there's there's a feeling when somebody makes an impression or just like in, in, like a slap in the face impression where you're like, oh my gosh, the caliber of your talent is just like already at its baseline level so much higher than I've even expected or come across or experienced, mm-hmm. and you're just like <laughs> what, and. The, the funny part about this, this, the song idea was called Golden Boy, <laughs> which like lyrically, it's cringy. We were really young, but it had a lot of good themes and ideas in it. It was and a great jumping th- there was hurt. There was a little bit of hurt in your eye when he said that. Yeah. No, I'm thinking about it. I'm like. I mean, the concept is, this is just like, it's a tough one. But anyway, <laughs> but the melodies were, anyway, at this time, uh, Taylor Swift's Trouble had just come out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so. All of a sudden, there was a dubstep pop song, right? You know? Yeah, and like, yeah. and like the two other kids who were really into pop were like, "Did you hear the new Taylor Swift thing?" Like <laughs> Max Martin and blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, Max Martin. He's like that really famous songwriter, right? He's like done all these things and like <laughs> blah, blah. He's done all these things." And so me and my friend Dan had been like trying yeah. to make who I had done the assignment with a week before had been trying to just like find sounds and logic and drum samples like vengeance samples that sounded like, <laughs> that, like the dubstep that thing. sounded like you know trouble yeah. so I already had a lot of that sound palette like queued up you and kind of had the, the swoosh thing from the Justin Bieber song too yeah so <laughs> she played this thing on piano just with chords and I was like I immediately heard the whole production in my head and we immediately and, and we both heard the same thing and yeah. I was like I know this is gonna yeah. work it just sounded like trouble uh, yeah, and, but and so, fucking better because it's us. <laughs> yeah. So we wrote this thing and we were both like, this was so much better than anything I had ever created, like song wise. And I don't know about her, but for me especially, like I was like, this is like insane. Like it was such a magical about. explosion of like, how does this even happen? And at the time it was like amazing. Now it's like just like a song we wouldn't even pitch. You know <laughs> no, what I mean? But no, it's, still at the it's time. Trash. And the thing is the production, <laughs> yeah, the production too, like, that's um, gross too. Is just being able to look back on your old shit and being yeah. like, "Oh, we wrote yeah. a lot of crack." And like, songs. I was pretty good at like mixing tracks and like vocals and like my tracks at that point still like at least like sounded pretty like decent in terms of like the mix of them and sounding like sonically almost a competitive pop record. Mm-hmm. So we did that and bounced it. And we were so excited to play it. 
And then we didn't even get to go the first week because there were too many things to get through. So we had to wait a whole other week to play it. Um, oh my God, I forgot about that. Yeah. And oh my then God. When we did, that was so frustrating. Yeah, it was so we were frustrating. So I was excited. so excited. Yeah. <laughs> like we, we were like jumping out of our seats. It was like yeah. we were like, I don't yeah. know, drug addicts or something. Yeah. You're like Miranda Cosgrove in <laughs> School of Rock. Just like yeah. hand up. Just. Yeah. And then when exactly. we finally did, it was like there was definitely a, a feeling in the room that was like, oh, that was, that was like, that was kind a legitimate of hit song. a mark. That sound that was pretty legit. Yeah. Um, and Carl just goes, "All right, you guys stay after class." Let's talk yeah, the later. teacher was kind of like, <laughs> oh. he said, "I didn't want to like react in such a way that it made the other people in the class feel like their projects Less weren't good because there was yeah. a lot of really good songs. It was just di- like like we were just doing something that was like a like very straight top forty pop. But you know, also which we is, were doing something that was very much like a vision that we fully realized. But it, and yeah. there's a difference between a, a good song and like. Potential. It was a product. It yeah, it was, like, it was, it, a lot yes. of people come in and played on acoustic guitar and sang together. It sounded like something together. that you could pr- like pitch to somebody. Yeah, and we had like a full finished mixed pop demo. recording demo with Emma's like harmonies and vocals right. and doubles still... and like mastering and like not mastering but like you know <laughs> mastering. OTT. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> OTT didn't exist then, but um, um, maybe it did. But wait, there is still a video on my Instagram account, my personal account of everybody in my freshman like studio comp class pretty much not everybody but a lot of people whoever could fit in my room like everyone fitting on my bed and my roommate's bed like singing golden boy at the top of their lungs and stuff and i just remember like everyone being very lit about it which is ironic now because like i wouldn't want to be caught dead like with that song being a song (laughs) however those i mean probably a moment of pride it was cool i was proud of something that that basically turned into um jackson asked if i wanted to work with him like 40 hours a week (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah. And Carl I, yeah. asked us. I said, well, I think I said twenty. No, no, no. You did not. You were like, oh, you put it, you actually like, put down a number. You I were was like, like, do you want to? No, do you well, want to do like thirty-five? I, I, well, I'm hours thinking like, okay, so like we're trying to be songwriters, right? Do we want to do this? We're we're students, so we already so that's already a part-time job. Like, do you want to treat this like a job? That's how I'm thinking about it. Like, do you want to? But he, like, t- I remember you telling me legitimately a number, and we were standing between like, like 30 between or 40 my hours dorm and yours. You know, like, do you want to try to just like because there's nothing going on, like. There's no, there's no pop co-writing going on. There's like Carl Sturkin, like the dude who signed Rihanna told us, to keep working this is the part we skipped. He was like, after class was like, uh, you know, that was, that was really great. You guys should keep writing together and come um, to my studio and, and bring, they didn't even say that yet. He's like, you should keep writing together and show me more songs. So I'm like, okay, there's a tiny sliver of opportunity here. Um, <laughs> I'm like, we need to just go as full as we can at that. So I'm and like, I'm let's like, write like 30, 40 hours a week. I'm like gung ho. Like, so after Carl was like, by the way, no, he, he legitimately was like, you guys should write some more stuff and come to the studio and show Evan and me. First, he said, you should write together more. And this is not important, but whatever. He said, <laughs> you should write together more. Then we sent, we did one or two more songs. Second song we did was called Good Girl, Bad Heart. Good Girl, and Bad Heart. And a couple Heart. weeks later. By the way, Alex Costa never got credit for his part of that song. <laughs> we, oh, I mean, yeah. like. Alex Costa, I guess, played guitar in that. No, yeah. no, no. He was the one. Oh that yeah, he was my roommate, so and he Jack, he figured this out. This is where chorus Alex comes block. into play. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, these weren't like good ideas, but like they were like the melodies were in the realm, and it was obvious that we were like listening to pop music that was happening and trying to emulate that. So like we understood that principle of it enough. Where a couple weeks later, a couple songs later, Carl was like, "Hey, I played some stuff for my partner like Evan, and he else. wants to meet you guys yeah. and like come to the studio." And like our head exploded because like we just got invited to the studio. We're like, we honor record all of <laughs> our demos. I didn't know what to, blah, to like blah. think or where. I was like, so <laughs> I was so pumped. Yeah. So we went over there, and they had said, you know, they had said like, 
what do you guys really want to do? And we're like, I don't know. You know, we've been writing. We'd already been writing together a lot at this point, but we were like, I think we would like Because you guys were still deciding if it was going to be like an artist, artist project or writing. Or well, writing. Yeah. it hadn't even really been something that we thought, thought about. about because I didn't, I mean, we had talked about it very briefly, yeah. but like Jackson drove me to the studio and we, I think we even talked about it briefly on that way there or yeah. something. But basically like they sat us down in their studio, which is like, a, it's just like a weird wonderland of, <laughs> shit like plaques. of like of like plaques and yeah. equipment and there's like a bunch of different rooms it's a lot yeah. and it's this cute little building in bronxville next to the train station it's just a very like yeah. scenic bronxville yeah such a low-key spot for such like, massively successful established dudes like and at the, the walls are just lined with plaques yeah you walk crazy. right up the stairs and there's the just rihanna like, plaque that's like 10 million sales uh, worldwide at the top of the stairs and you're like whoa yeah. it's, like you know, just, it's like your first it's time your going girl. to see and seeing plaques and all that stuff it's anyway crazy. so they sit us down we're talking about it they're like you guys you guys have the right idea like you guys have something together keep working together like over the next eight months it was like yeah keep writing songs yeah. and they're like what do you guys want do you want to be artists do you want to be writing team like and so essentially we were like well we both want both yeah but but jackson had said this earlier to me and like it put it in my head because i hadn't really thought about writing professionally as a career ever like that was never something i was like oh i can do that it just wasn't something i thought about you were thinking more about the artists well just like i thought that artists wrote their songs right mm -hmm. growing up because yeah. I did. Well, that's what everybody yeah, thinks. Yeah, we all right. thought that and yeah. so like i was talking to him about it and Jackson was like, well, we should hone in our craft. Right. Yeah. So that was Jackson's motto for like three years was like craft, 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 craft. And it was like 30 Make to 40 sure weeks. Make sure you know your 40 stuff. 30, 40 hours. hours a week. When, yeah. we were in, when we were in school. Once I mean, we got out. we were like, mm -hmm. it's more than that. Jackson had two years at that point. It was junior year and senior year. Yeah. And he had those two years to develop and develop and develop until he felt like he could be in a good place yeah. when he left. And so that was the same for me. And I kind of just followed him until he graduated doing that and like we were working together every day yeah literally I, I had i had come into purchase being like okay i want to have a pub deal by the end of my freshman year <sighs> but i didn't but and like which i wasn't even oh, we didn't even know what a pub deal a pub was until I, mean, I, didn't either. I didn't either i just knew that like it's something that like songwriters sign where they give you money yeah. right. <laughs> right. you know what i mean right. i'm like that sounds great you're like oh, yeah. i'll take the money yeah, yeah. so like I I'd come in with being like, I want to have a pub in my freshman year. Okay, like I need to try to make that happen freshman year right now. And I wasn't even close, but because <laughs> that's where my goal was set from then by the time senior year graduated. Well, I don't want to jump ahead of the story, but that was basically like- You did. When, when- <laughs> So Evan and Carl are sitting down talking to us about this stuff and they're like, okay, well for the next like eight months or so, like whatever you have left to school, essentially, like you guys should be writing this, like writing more stuff like this, getting better and better. And, you know, we have a JV with Universal Music Publishing Group. Yeah. Like, that, those are like, our guys. Universal Music Publishing Group. <laughs> <laughs> like, golden glowing yeah, brushes. Like, yeah, you're like, yeah, the sparkle. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, yeah. No So those are like, like the like shining lights upon them at that point. Like, they're literally like angels coming <laughs> from God knows where. And we were like, whoa. Okay. Like, the, or at least I was like, whoa. This is real, like potentially. I didn't want to get my hopes up too high because I was like, what if it doesn't happen? But we kept working together. They, by the end of my freshman year, we did this thing with them where like we were going to work exclusively with them and they were going to get us. They signed us uh, to like kind of like a retainment deal, kind of yeah, like, like give, a us a, give us a year where we can help you develop and then like get, get you, you a deal. pub offer. Oh, okay. offer. And in that Sorry, time, you can't go get a 
pub deal outside of us. They, they were there's like you know, give us give us the opportunity kind yeah. of idea. Exclusive, yeah, but not like it's not mutually... like binding. It was like a one year term of like just don't go find another producer or A&R who's going to like steal you. Sure. And we want to sign you we, as yeah, we, we, yeah. And we were like, of course. It was a production deal. Yeah. 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 So sure, it wasn't even whatever. a production deal. It, it, it was, was so, fine. it was like one page little thing. Yeah. It was a mutual yeah. uh, agreement of trusting guys, each other. Immediately. I was all dramatic about it unintentionally because I, by the time that the agreement happened, it was the end of my freshman year of college, which was 2014. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, but that was fine. Because we had been talking about it through first, like the end yeah. of first semester, beginning of second semester. So by the end of the second semester, the deal was on the table. And by the deal, I mean the assignment, like the, like, you know, yeah. I just required the You must have been, what, like 18? I was. Yeah. But yeah. when it happened, I was in Israel. <laughs> yeah. And birthright? all of a sudden, I get these calls from Jackson Foot. Yeah, I did birthright, like, end of my freshman year. And I'm like, it's the end of May. I'm going to go to Israel. Yay. <laughs> and I get on a plane and go there. And then Jackson's like, hey. What the fuck? There is a yeah, because she just fell the, off the text and email chain and stopped responding to you for two weeks and everyone's trying to said, and we're like, like we're getting an offer like I was like I told you guys that I was gonna be in Israel and I'm, I'm as far away as I could be from you right now yeah. and poor Jackson's like legitimately trying to call me while I'm in an international place and yeah. I'm like oh fuck and so I think I got to I think I signed it I either signed it like as soon as I got back or like I somehow signed it and yeah. get, got to my parents, whatever it was. By the time I got back, Jackson had moved into an apartment at NYU. I was in summer. NYU summer housing. Okay. Yeah. And was like getting over being a little bit tight at me for dropping off the face <laughs> of the earth for 10 days. Yeah, because it, it almost like I was worried we were going to blow it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so Jackson then decided to make... There be a 10 a.m. or 9 a.m. Well, call yeah, so this for is me hilarious. to be. Okay, no, you're <laughs> acting like that's an act out of spite. That is not, and she knows that she's laughing. You know that's not an act out of spite. No, it's not at all. What not the reality all. was was, uh, they had just basically been like, okay, we're gonna try to shop you guys. A, we're gonna try to get you guys an offer from. We'll try Universal first, and if not, uh, you know, small offer. Because that was like a shoe in. Yeah, and that was where their JV was through, and so we we're like, okay, we got to keep keep moving, keep writing. I made moves to like stay. I went home and worked construction for four weeks. Took my oh, finals early. Went crazy. home and worked construction for yeah, four weeks. Yeah, this kid. And made like <laughs> a couple grand so that I could I was live, in a, live in New York City for the summer in NYU summer housing in like Harlow Court, right in Union Square. And I had one of my roommates was a friend of mine from high school who had an investment banking internship. And the other one was a, a random roommate that we got paired with third who became a good friend of ours, both in investment banking internships. We were in the same room. Like it wasn't, we were like roommates, roommates, like not in the same Oh, house. you were like, like sharing like a room. Like literally room. two beds in yeah. a room. It was a little weird actually because yeah, they decided to put, even though it was a living room, they put people in that room like it was a bedroom. Carlo, this is <laughs> NYU summer housing dorms. Yeah, NYU dorms, it's like you walk in, it's a basically a one bedroom. But they um, turned it into a two. So there's one bedroom as in there's like a kitchen and living space and mm. then a bedroom. And like but a in the bed- kitchen living space, there's two beds and then there's two beds in the bedroom. Nice. So this was get yeah. your bang for your buck. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we, we were in a triple in Boston, which was just like the the most cram cram thing yeah, you can imagine. Insane. Literally yeah. never. I was so, never in a triple, thank God. Yeah. yeah. So the reason why we were starting at like 9 a.m. is because I knew my roommates were going to be coming back from work, at you know, like at six, eight, eight. Yeah, eight, seven, eight, nine. And if we're going to be on songwriter time and start at one in the afternoon, we're only going to get four hours of work in a day. And we can't be like making beats and recording Which, vocals in looking NYU. Looking back on that like, though, we with should my have probably over. done that like that because then we would have learned how to be way faster than we were. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, we didn't, yeah, we didn't know anything in time, but so, so we literally, and it's funny at the time, 
it was like, this is normal. You know, we're just, I was like, we're just going to coexist with what working people do. So we would literally, <laughs> Emma was showing up at my NYU dorm late, in Palo <laughs> at 9am and we were going 9am to 7pm writing every, every single day, day wow. for the whole summer. Starting writing at 9am. Until you got a concussion. Until I got a concussion. <laughs> How'd you get a concussion? Playing basketball. That whole summer when, and then uh, right at the end of there, that time, I think the beginning in the fall, they said like Universal was going to do the deal. Um, or going to offer us a deal. So, uh, was the deal for uh, writing and producing or was the deal for like the artist project? Deal. It was a pub deal, yeah. Okay. No, no, it was like yeah. UMPG sent the publishing deal and yeah. um, officially like they sent it in yeah. February because I remember right. it was but right. the, What I mean is like did you guys start an artist project in this space no. as well? Or was it, so the deal was just yeah. like for on the, yeah, just yeah. for What the, we skipped over is in that first meeting with Carl and Evan, we said we're interested in being artists but right now we kind of want to play to our strengths a little bit in the hand we're dealt in terms of writing and we'd love to get in the door as artists and leverage ourselves by writing for other artists first. Like we kind of want to prove to ourselves that we're capable of writing a hit song. So we want to do artist stuff, but first we want to have success writing for other artists. And Jackson always used to say like, there is an abundance of artists. Yeah. Songs are always in demand. Well, that's, I mean, that's so clear. And yeah. this is before, like, Julia Michaels know, became Jackson an artist. Yeah. And before, so like, that's, Well, yeah. I was watching, like, Mike Posner, you know, who oh, was doing that. Yeah. But I, I always say, um, and I was always saying, like, I felt like hit songs are in demand and artists are not. Mm. Um, huh. And it's not, you can't really exactly. sit here and say artists aren't in demand. Like, no, but I mean, that's, They're in yeah. demand in terms of listeners well, are always trying to find new day. artists. Yeah. But... It's just you're never in a city in, in terms of just the very straight bullseye of a top 40 lane. Like you never have somebody going, um, I have this incredible, huge hit song and nobody to give it to. Mm-hmm. It's always I have this incredible artist who just can't find the right song. Right. So I'm just looking at it from a supply and demand. I was like, I think it's going to be tough. I think we're going to have a lot more leverage if we can create something that's in more of demand than. Well, and we, we joke around that, like, songwriting is the best hedge bet anybody could ever make. Right, Because yeah. you, you can, like, with an artist, it's hurry up. Like, you write five songs. Maybe you can put out five songs in a year. Or you put out a record or whatever. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, songwriting, you write 100 songs exactly, for, exactly. you know, 50 people or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, even if half of those or a quarter of those cut, like, you're looking at a good year. Right, yeah. You know? Um, I mean, one. I'd like one. One. Just yeah. yeah, one. Really one just good, need one. So, just one good one. Fuck yeah. that shit. I want one well, so, only yeah. per year. Beginning of senior year, they said we're gonna put the start putting the terms together. February of senior year. Dude, we got a need- short we got a short um like literally one page little draft outline of the offer that had like the universal music like logo <laughs> on the top of it. Now, did you meet Ari in NYU? So yeah, this is the funny thing. Like yes and no. Yeah, no, we did. But the funny thing is it's like we we had an unusual situation where because we were so isolated and not around other pop music being created or or anything or like not around sessions being set up by by publishers you know like we were just not around any of this because of that our development was so slow because we only had like us like you know when you first start co-writing you're like oh my god that made me so much better because i see how this person does this right we only had each other for that so we signed our deal really not because our songs were good enough or getting cuts or getting any type of bites. Like we signed our pub deal early on because Carl Sturgeon and Evan Rogers went to UMPG and were like, these kids are going to be good. They've out- Can we sign yes. them now? Yeah. And UMPG was like, sure. It was a very small deal. Like good things, like a lot of good things about it. Some not great, but like creatively yeah. it was awesome because UMPG was super involved and hands-on and setting up things for us. And, Jen Fearman. Yeah, Jen Fearman and, um, and Russ. And so, oh, yeah. I mean, but the, the point Russell. of that is, is like, 
we signed our deal and we still had to like get good after that. So the funny thing is, it's like we signed it and then it was two years of us still just like writing and being like, okay, our songs aren't getting cut. We need to change or adapt or reinvent or just figure out how to make songs that are competing and in demand. Cause like, and it wasn't like, it was ever like, this is fire drill. This is like, we're screwed. It was like, okay, we were, we were just like, you know, gotta keep getting better, gotta keep pushing. Right, you know, it wasn't actually two years. It was only one. Oh, really? Isn't that crazy? It was two until we had a, a landed a big cut. But I think when you're <laughs> like just doing the same thing, coming to the studio, writing a song every single day or writing songs every day for a year straight, it feels like a long time. Well, you're doing, you're doing two years worth of work in one year. Oh, Sometimes maybe. one year is so long, it feels like two. Yeah, <laughs> so it was just like another whatever year and however long else till we started getting like traction and things cut. And I remember the first time we had like an offer on a song, we had been finishing these songs that sounded like Disney, like, and we didn't realize like, that was kind of where our natural instincts were. And we didn't really realize yet, like, okay, you have to mold and you have to evolve as pop music changes, as the taste of pop music changes, you need to also change and follow that, right. you know? So it's like this weird thing is like, you're trying to get good, but at the same time, what is in demand and what's good and what's what people are liking is changing. So while you're trying to get good, you also need to be wary of the trends that are happening and keep up with that, you know? So. We had we we were doing a writing session with a friend from the UK and she was like, Yeah, dance hall is popping in the UK right now. <laughs> and there wasn't a uh. speck, even a taste of or that was like the most off like Oh yeah, off-brand. Jackson's Jackson's very nice at beatboxing for the record. <laughs> yeah, I was just like there was a lot happening right there. One was just Your like Your face just got so surprised. Yeah, I was, I was that's, like, that's a good snare. Do your do your do your rolling snare whatever. I was obsessed with whatever. the 808s in in Logic, the 808 toms, the the no, it was those a tom. like you can you know how with the pitch wheel in Logic or in GarageBand, I with the pitch modulation <laughs> and thing, you can make them tune them up or down, yeah. which is what you hear in like 2004 Atlanta trap music. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was always trying, literally from like fourth or fifth grade, I was working on that snare sound and I can pitch it with the shape of my mouth. So but I can't do it as fast, but. Whoa. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, Weren't you a beatboxer in. Yeah. Choral pleasure. I'd be boxing like acapella in high school. But your acapella group was called Choral Pleasure. Yeah. Purchase College. Purchase College. Anyways. Also, um, wasn't Alex Costa in? Alex was in that too. Anyways, Mm -hmm. back to the other thing. As well as in a ska band. Our friend, we were in a co writing session. We were still kind of clueless as to like creating something that was like following into a trend of what was going on that was like relevant to what was going on in pop music. And our friend from the UK was like, yeah, dance hall is popping off. We were like, dance hall. We were like, no, <laughs> like, it's going to come to the US huge. And we were like, are you kidding me? No, it's not. Like this is, th- that's like the farthest thing. Nobody would ever use that drum pattern in pop right now. Like, <laughs> like, no, really, seriously. It was just, it, there that's wasn't so even funny. a trace of it anywhere in top 40 radio. And then one day, Six, four, five, six months later, bang in the drum like dum diddy day. I like the dirty rhythm you play. Uh, and, mm. and I turned to Emma and I was like, Pharaoh's right, it's <laughs> happening. Um, and Emma, it's we, happening. Yeah, we started listening to a couple of those Jackson's songs. Having a baby. And we wrote a song called Body Be Like, oh which, we, I forgot about which that. we totally <gasps> flipped and I changed, we massively changed production. And we were like, you know, Emma tried to sound like Rihanna. And we're like, I mean, let's I write didn't. something like that. Yeah, but we were trying <laughs> but to like, let's do something in the mood of that top line. Yeah. And, it, and I totally changed how I was producing. I was like, okay, let me try to use totally different sound palette. You know, the, the synth plucks, dun, 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 and like four on the floor with like snaps and a vocal chop, you know, like 
Um, and we did a song and I like reversed her top line and put it in the like inside chained it and put reverb on it and made like a vocal chop. And it was this really cool melody. And we literally sent it out and all of a sudden we got an offer on it for the track. We got an offer for, I think it was like from Atlantic oh, or shit. something for, for the did track. You, call, you like, you got a call, dude. Yeah, I got a call. Yeah, I had like, uh, yeah, I want to buy the record, like one of these. <laughs> and like, it was funny because I was like, okay, what we're doing right now is not working. Yeah, so he was like, yeah, I want to buy the record. And all of a sudden it was like, okay, we just dramatic, like drastically changed how we were doing stuff. And we all pivoted. of a sudden now something's working. We pivoted. Yeah, right. and now this is working. Okay, let's stick on this thing. And that was our first, that was the first lesson of like, okay, like if something's not working, you need to just reinvent or figure it out or just switch up. And you can't just keep rolling yeah, your you wheels just do if the it's same not, thing, it's not yeah. Gonna, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, um, also you're not gonna progress or move forward yeah. and like so, be successful. Anyway, that was that. I know you asked about Ari, I wanna give it back to you oh, for yeah, a second yeah. because I'm just, yeah, that was that little piece. But I mean, you, I, I think it, tie, it ties into, uh, that was a good, that was a good uh, snap. Um, I think what ties into As he does it again. Ari <laughs> is that, like you were saying, you were trying to expand your sound because, you know, as you were expanding and, and working outside of what was most comfortable for you guys, mm -hmm. success was starting to come through. I, yeah. I'm curious about Ari less like from like the Lauv sort of perspective, right. but more yeah. like how No yeah. Promises kind of came together. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny because No Promises was down the line. Like we knew Ari yeah. before, Ari, yeah. we met Ari at the end of 2015. We met Ari when he was a senior, beginning of his senior year at NYU or half yeah. of his senior year at NYU. How did you he guys was meet? Jen Fearman, who was our product manager at UMPG. She mm -hmm. set up a session. Um, set up a session. Do you want gotcha. to work with this guy, Lauv? And you know, here's his SoundCloud link. And he had this song called The Other, mm -hmm. which had almost had almost reached a million streams on SoundCloud. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. um, I was and, so embarrassed. And me and Emma loved oh the God. songs. He had, you know, the other adrenaline. I just and had them all stuck in my head the before I met EP, it. The first kind of EP was on time. And we, mm -hmm. me and Emma were both immediately fans. Dude, We Forget is my shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> We Forget was out. So I long. couldn't stop singing it on the whole like train ride. <laughs> yeah, and so. then I took the train home with him that night and I was like, I'm really embarrassed. To, to his face, I was like, uh, but I can't stop singing your songs. <laughs> like, well, yeah. when we went to uh, Village Idiot to drink with, uh, with Alex, like mm -hmm. that, that one night on the drive, over, uh, which I never met you was like wound up coming into my rotation like a yeah. good two or three times to the point where when I got there, I was yeah. humming it to myself a little bit. Oh, I do that. And I, I was like, that. please, I was just like telling myself like, don't, when he's like, just don't. <laughs> oh, I go into don't. sessions with people yeah. and because yeah, I'm in a session with them, I'm thinking about the songs they write and then I sing their songs to them. Like, oh, <laughs> Without realizing, then you're like, oh, is yeah, that weird? I do that, is that, is that, is I do that to tons of people. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I yeah, like, I was like, stuck in my head. Yeah, so you told them, you're like, I'm, yeah. I'm just like, I, and I wasn't with Jackson, which was the most awkward part. So it was just me and Ari on the, like, on the yeah. um, the Metro North going back to like Grand Central because we were working at Evan and Carl's studio. Yeah, in Bronxville. And mm -hmm. I was just like, I, I legitimately can't stop singing your songs. I'm so sorry. And yeah. he was like, honestly, that's awesome. Whatever. Yeah. Being the Ari little like He's mush that he is. Yeah. He was just like, okay, like, yeah. cool. <laughs> but yeah. so we met him through Jen Fearman and did some sessions with him. Became like really various good friends. The funniest thing year. about this is like, we would go down oh, yeah. to his uh, apartment and to give you an idea of how young we were, Emma couldn't even come out to bars or go out to drink. <laughs> oh, so no there fake. was like a whole period of, solid period of two years where she's out of school. We're in a lot of uh, circumstances where we're like, 
hanging out with mutual friends born from writing or music together and we're all going out and I just can't like come. even like Olivia 19, was with you guys all the time and, and I was just two years younger than yeah. we have a we have a year between us and when we moved out I was 20 to Los Angeles I was 21 and he was 20 I was 20 and I was just so like I was going out to all these yeah. shows and trying to meet people and everything and then Noah was home producing and stuff right. are you guys like are like us in the sense that you have one degree between the two of you guys too what? one one college, college degree. degree. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we dropped out. So, yeah. So, yeah. I fucking, I drop out of college, think it's, like, going to be the shit. Think I'm going to be, like, the <laughs> king of dropping out of college. But you just and left And then I was like, out. actually, I'm just isolated and I hang out with my mom and dad a lot. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. My sister goes, like, my sister was yeah. in high school. And then, like, my sister, my sister had just started her junior, I mean, your brother just started his junior year, too, or senior year. Uh, junior year. So, yeah, yeah. So, they're both juniors, which is very weird because yeah. my sister officially has done more college that's than how I, I feel my brother has more college experience than i do so i was like very lonely you know i have my dog or whatever but like i'm living at home jackson's going out with ari every other night and i'm telling me <laughs> yeah. about it the next day the and i'm first... like cool i'm so glad you guys had fun at josie's again yeah like the first <laughs> uh, time we worked together Ari also like loves oh to have fun yeah. and like turn up. Not like crazy. He just loves <laughs> yeah. to go out and I like just drink. Remember and, that. Like, Holy shit. Yeah, the first session we did together, I think we were in like, Rocksville. Yeah, yeah. He was like, yo, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, I don't know. So we would like we just became really good friends. We'd go out and we're, you know, drinking buddies. Not even drinking buddies, just like friends, and we'd hang out and me and Emma and him would write. We'd go down to these sessions like at his <laughs> crappy apartment in the lower east side. I found a side. video of you guys the other day. Um, like he had, you know, a curtain as his door of his room and his speakers <laughs> no right next to his bed with no windows in a basement. Uh, and his like, like Adams and some foam and a couch. Oh my God. Uh, the darkest Yeah, the darkest like dungeon. Ever. Yeah, but we go down and do writing sessions there and then those would turn into like pre-games and then we'd all and go out. And then I would out, leave. And, and then, then we would leave because you couldn't come to bars. That was our relationship with art and still is, you know, like still a really, really good friend of ours. He's just and such a nice And no promises boy. actually happened probably almost a year after we met at least where, you know, Definitely. we're, we're really good friends with Ari. We've written a bunch together. He's now moved to LA and graduated. We're still in New York. Um, and he's like, yo, I'm coming back into town for a couple of days. We should get in and write one. And we're like, yeah, let's do it. And that was, oh my God. That was, no that was the same week just, that you met kinetics. I met, yeah. Huh. So a lot of characters come into play here. Ready for this? Um, so kinetics <laughs> and one love are two of the other songwriters in New York who, are like very, are, there's not a lot of pop songwriters in New York who are doing it yeah. and who I am like fans of, you know what <laughs> I mean? Uh, and Ari's played me some stuff he's done with them and I had known them because I looked up writers on probably airplanes and Melanie Martinez stuff and, you know, so I was aware of them. Well, and that was they, the thing. I met, I met them uh, the night you guys played the Fonda because mm -hmm. we went to his birthday. Like we did a birthday thing after. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. And I didn't like, he comes up to me, he gives me a hug. He's like, nice to meet you. Like yeah. we've all been drinking, Classic whatever. Jeremy. And I go up to... Alex, I'm just like, oh, so they keep calling him Kinetics. Like, what's, like, what's, is he a writer or whatever? And Alex is like, he did airplanes. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, he, uh, Do you know the so, best song ever? He yeah. did that. So Ari, uh, Ari, the day before we were in Promises, uh, he was like, oh, I had a day with Kinetics. You know, he probably came to New York and was like, I'll do a day with Kinetics, day with, day with Kinetics, one love, day with Loot, blah, blah, blah. Tim couldn't do, uh, that day. So he was like, do you want to come and work with Kinetics to produce? Cause Tim can't come. I was like, yeah, sure. So we went in and did a song called Lean On You that day, which is a really good song. Uh, yeah, what the hell happened with never, that? It was like, you know, an eight that just never quite got cut because <laughs> it was just not quite good enough, but just a very good say song. Just say right now, if we just that, it would work now. <laughs> Here we go. I love um, that song. And then the I'm next day, it. <laughs> it's not part of it. No, but yeah, at that point I met Jeremy and we had a great session, me, Ari and Jeremy. And then, you know, me and Jeremy kept writing together after that. And then as soon as I could, me, Emma and Jeremy all going in together. 
Um, Wait, but that's for later. Hang yeah. On. So the next day was me, I'm and Ari, and uh, it was just a, you know just like a random session. And How no did promises. the concept for no promises sort of? Okay, what, what was so what was the Ari thing that like this like it was strange. Ari we had all a beat. Ari had like this dope little track going the that keys. was like. That tight swing. It's very Ari. Like, it's very loud, even. You know, that, that like, mm-hmm. yeah. really intense, like, bass motion that's in that, like, Logic 16 swing E. Well, and I love it. Yeah. Like, when that yeah. hi-hat comes in, the... Yeah, that yeah, song. I think we confusing. accidentally had a hit with a song with, like, a heavy swing. Heavy swing. Which Jackson's like heavy, classic heavy swing dance song. Like, what? <laughs> the concept of No Promises, I think, was, like, all of us kind of shooting the shit. I, okay, Ari, so I don't really remember. we all came in... We all had little thingies in our pocket, I'm yeah. assuming. So I happened to write all these words down on the train while I was on the way to the session from 96th Street. Mind you, we're working on 57th. Right. Yeah. I was just like, I don't know, by myself waiting for a train. On the and one? So, yeah. No, AC. A, okay. Yeah. Columbus Circle. Yeah, we're working at Columbus um, Circle. And so, I mean, they're both right there, but mm. I was taking the AC. <laughs> and so I was waiting for the C train, hopped on the C, and I'm just like... Very emo, basically. And I was feeling yeah. some type of way about whatever. I probably had a fight with my my current, my ex. Like, mm. my, he time, was my boyfriend at the time. Now right. he's not. Anyway. <clears throat> I was just feeling some type of way. And, like, I had these words written down in my notes. And we're listening to this beat. And Jackson's like, do you have anything? Yeah. And I was just like, I do have, like, these words. I'm, like, I can try to sing. Like, I had, like, a general sense of what I wanted the melody yeah. to sound like. And so I just started singing some shit, and that's what it was. And I was like, cool. And they literally. were like, just change it to ink. Yeah, literally, like, change she it to just ING. Sang, yeah. Promise, no promise. Like no, cutting no, me out. Oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Gotcha, yeah. Yes. So I was just like, I have verse lyrics. I don't think it's a chorus. My yeah. bad. I, I, we did, we were going in order, essentially. Yeah. Um. She sang that. Uh, Melody, lyric, and me and Ari were literally like, done, don't change anything. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, straight up, it was, perfect. It was the yeah, shortest we were, I mean, time it's ever perfect. taken. It was just like, there wasn't anything. We're like, okay, that's, that's a done we're part. like, dope. All of, that's great. Dope, let's get to the hook the, now. <laughs> the, the pre-took pre is whatever. for later. <laughs> the um, the tag, first tag of the hook um, had been like washing around in my brain, maybe for that day or a day before or something. But it really came fully when I was like walking to or back from the bathroom. Back. Just As like it always that, does. That like, oh, no, nah, no. Nah. And yeah, this is the best part about it. Uh, it was, oh, no, nah, no. Nah. Just be careful, no, nah, no. Nah. Love's a handful, no, nah, no. Nah. Ah. And then we didn't <laughs> but have the you last didn't bit. have promise me. I, I just went, no, nah, no. Nah. And we didn't have that. Um, and they were like, love's a handful, said trash lyric. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, it was like, not that. It's an exaggerated chair, version. Like two seconds and I was like, yeah, like, it's not yeah, good. It's not good. So we changed it to love ain't simple. And I think all Ari of us, just, Ari, Ari I think when Ari just went like, prom- promise, you know, promise me, me no promises. promises or you don't pro- no promises and then promise me no promises. Something very simple. And, and then don't you promise me nothing. Like- yeah, something. And then no, and sure, originally it was, it was like the most promise me no promises. And we kept, and then Ari was like, dude, I feel like it could just be way simple, like really promises. simple. Just promise me no promises. And we we're like, okay, he's probably right. You know, Ari knows what he's doing. <laughs> and, and then there's a version, by the way, of it. Not having that. Yeah. At first, we Probably did not agree. Promises. Yeah. Because I he was heard like, it. Also, I still feel like, again. yeah, we sent a bounce to, and he was like, I still feel like it could be. Promise me no promises. He was very right. Um, <laughs> and uh, the, the pre chorus. Oh, wow. I think what's so cool about the pre is that it almost like cascades over itself. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so, like, yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> the pre, like, this is also at a phase where we've been like, 
okay, it's really crunch time right now. Like I'm running out of money. Our pub advance is not good enough to sustain. It's, it's been a year and a half. Yeah. Like I was like, we really need, like we literally need Captain's to, to write a hit right yeah. now. We have no income. I'm not going to get a regular job. So we left that session being like, okay, like this, as far as I did could you, tell. Did you know? I, yeah. I, I in a way not. I was like, I remember this is, I was in a weird spot where I was like thinking 24 seven so critically about like, what really makes a caliber of a hit song and a hit melody in that. And like, because it needs to happen now. And I can't just, we can't just come in and write songs that we think are good. Like these have to be meaningful because the clock is ticking and I'm gonna be out of money and we can't like, you know, like some income, like nothing's, you know. So I remember like two weeks before that happened, I, I was just at a spot where I was really inspired by a lot of the pop that was exploding like so much of the pop that was successful at that time, I was like, this is so my taste and so things that I love. Like, it's really easy for me to be inspired by this. And I remember saying to Emma, like two weeks before the No Promises session, I'm like, I feel like any day, like any day that we can come in, like we can write a hit right now. Just something is in my brain that is clicked that I feel like any, it could be any of these days. And also it's black and white for me now. Like I can, something about it is, I just you'll know, like, you'll know when you see it. Like, I I'll like, know like that's good enough and that's not. And it's just, it's it's unbelievably clear for me. I don't know why at the time it was. I was like, well, that's great. Cause it was yeah, she's, she's, like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. she's like, cool. cool. And I was like, I don't know why I just know. Um, and like, you don't ever know, but whenever I thought that at least maybe delusional confidence. No, but I, I, you know? Whenever he's delusionally confident, I mean, it's not really delusional, but a little bit because yeah, of how you kind of need to be delusionally it comes, confident. It comes up like in bouts I would say like mm -hmm. it's, it's yeah. very like Jackson has these yeah I don't know you have these moments I, where you just like I know but yeah. like you like it, go on a like on a yeah I think that being overly confident is more beneficial to work than it is detrimental confidence is a prerequisite in, for success confidence is a prerequisite for success as in there are downsides to being overconfident as in you may miss on something wildly you may alienate people who don't enjoy that vibe you may you know Both like those things yeah are very yeah true. there's there's downsides to it where like you will maybe stubborn and not want to move to other people's idea but i think those don't outweigh the true wholehearted belief of being like today i can write a hit that is a hit this is what i'm capable of doing because when you feel and you truly believe that like every day you're gonna come in and be like it could be today well and that's <laughs> you know? that, that's like the thing that i think still keeps me going is yeah. that like if i came in with like a, a kind of like earned pessimism yeah. about like everything. I, I don't think I'd enjoy yeah. any of this, yeah. but the idea that like every day it could be- Why would you want to like, do something thing. if you don't think you're going to do it well, you know? I, so, and so I like, me and I are very different. This is where we differ. Like, I'm so Yorker, I, so. I, yeah. I mean, I, I am too. I had to learn that. Like I yeah. had to like yeah. fight my like gut feeling of being like, this is bullshit. I will say this, being here makes it harder for me to be pessimistic. Yeah, I made it, it is, easier for me to be pessimistic. I know. So that's, good writers I here. I'm like, what the fuck am I capable of? Yeah. No, Jackson's the I only human being on the planet Earth that I know that is truly a curmudgeon when he's in Los Angeles. And I, absolutely. I, I like LA. I just love New York. Yeah, no, he's I, just like obsessed with New York. I don't know how else to describe it. You feel it, the most you when you're there. I yeah, feel, I New feel, York is the center of my soul. I felt like New York never wanted me, whereas like Los Angeles is like ready to be impressed. And I feel like just seeing people's lives change every day in some Big or small way is very inspiring to me. Like, just to skip back because, sorry, I got Jackson's super passionate about this one. No, no, I think yeah. this was an important piece of it. So at that time, everything was very binary all of a sudden. Like things were black and white. And uh, we left that day or that following weeks being like, okay, we have, I was like, the chorus and the verse are right. And they're, they're hit as far as I can tell. Also, um, wait. 
you, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I am, because at the same time as all of this was going on, you started, or was this right after you finished the pre, that you and Ari were going back and forth, like almost daily working on the drop. Yeah, working on the drop. Yeah. yeah. Like at the same time as we were trying to fix this pre. Ari got the drop. But you guys, it was a, I would, Jackson always says Ari got the drop, right? But I will say this. I watched the two of you go back and forth on that thing so many times. And each of you nudged it and nudged it and nudged it. And you both... It got simpler and simpler and simpler. And like it got yeah. to the place where like well, what's still- and honestly, she like when cheat codes came into it, there was a moment of like decision of like this is it was so much it was so much confirmation of like yo this is how it should be this right. is right and me and I were like oh shit okay we were kind of still just like I don't know I remember like, the original drop to that thing was yeah. so complicated comparison like into comparison <laughs> well, Are you all right Jax yeah. what's what's hard what's hard about like doing the like just the writing thing versus like writing with an artist is that the artist gets to have the final call whereas like yep. writers it's just a bunch yeah. of opinions sort of yeah. up in the air go you can finish yeah. the pre thing if oh you sure want, yeah but- so the pre uh, I was like, okay, we, you know, we're figuring out the drop. Chorus is done versus done. The pre is not right yet. So me and Emma literally, and at that point, like, it's not like we have a calendar full of sessions. Like, we have nothing to do. We're in New York. Our schedule consists of us coming in every day and trying to write. Um, <laughs> Everyone wonders doing, why we have the relationship we do. It's like, well, how would you feel if you walked in and every, saw the same only other human being day. every day for yeah, 12 so, hours? And, and I'm like, okay, this feels working. This feels worth working on for literally as long as it takes. It doesn't matter. And it took so quite we a bit literally of time. a week of every single day, eight, 10 hours, just coming in writing pre choruses. It is exhausting. Lines, a oh full my God. week. Just of like every day being a good it coming in. Yeah, Emma gave up. I gave up at one point. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was long, just like, yeah. I need to go home. What, what broke it? What was the thing? Me literally sitting at the piano, like dissecting notes, going like one note at a time, being like, da, 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 da. no, okay, da, 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 no, that's not okay. What about if I go to that note? Like one by one, and then being like, okay, this is this is a really fire like melody, and the lyrics weren't right yet, so Emma <laughs> fixed those after. But I played her the melody. <laughs> I just wanted, and I was like, yo, Emma, I think I got the pre. And she was like, I don't know if that's it. And I was like, well, you're, okay. you're wrong, there were two that's it. But, then, that but there were, the lyrics weren't right, but There were two yeah. things that happened. One, <laughs> I, was like, I fixed a couple of lyrics. Two, yeah. originally it was more complicated when yeah. you showed it to me. I was like, she it should be the same thing it. twice. I just You yeah. had it, you had it going down It was a again. little more complicated. And, I'm, <laughs> and, and like, as a fresh ears on it, she like, you hear something fresh ears and you're like, oh no, it should, I want that to happen again. So she was like, this should change. Like this should repeat that. And this lyric didn't make sense. You need to make it more simple. Um, so that's how the pre landed. And then we sent it to Ari and he was like, I love the pre. Well, what's so, what's Actually, so cool? I don't know. I think Ari questioned it first too. And I was like, dude, this is the pre. <laughs> this well, is also, me and Ari, and, uh, dude. <laughs> me and Ari were both still questioning the pre and, and Jackson was like, this is the pre. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's funny? When we play it live, I swear to God, every time, the first moment where the audience really starts to kick in and sing is when the pre comes in. Yeah. That's what I dive. I see I like, feel like the, we think differently on that. Think differently. But <laughs> well, well, I'm also the front man on that song at first. So I'm like, mm-hmm. the second Jackson goes, that's when I think immediately I see the first faces go like, well, yeah. what, I, what I love about like, just from the writing standpoint <laughs> is that it is so tight. Like, like also just from an alliterative standpoint, like yeah. just want to dive in the water with you, baby. We, we can't see the bottom. Like, dude, that. oh, well, that's yeah. the thing is imagine how long it took for, you know, how long it took to write that pre. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We so, were- there wasn't a hair out of place. We would have gotten that wrong. Like, <laughs> I would not be able to yeah. live with myself if after all of that it was still not right. We yeah. were at a point where, like, <laughs> we understand where things need to be to be able to succeed. But we're, like, 
we're not fast enough or like mm -hmm. skilled enough to get them in two hours. Like you write with writers now and like I go into sessions with some writers and you're just like, you can get these things. You're so skilled and so good that you can get these things in 15, 20 minutes. You know, we were mm -hmm. like, we know what it needs to be. It just takes us way longer <laughs> yeah, to get there. I feel Which that. is yeah. in a weird way why it was good we were in New York because if we were in LA, we would probably have sessions full and we wouldn't be like, I was just like, I didn't see any pressure of time of like, I have all this other shit to do. I was like, there's one song we're focused yeah, on. Yeah, it would have been in the graveyard. We like hedged all of our bets on it. Dude, yeah. I don't think that if I was in LA, I would be having that many sessions at that point in time. Yeah, maybe. Just gonna say this out loud right now. Yeah. I was not shit back well, then. Now, I mean, like, my, not now, but you know My sort of, because I want to hear sort of like about the aftermath when the song came out. Because obviously that's yeah. like you know, right. okay. but but also uh, because the difference is that we you know we we've never written a hit yet. Maybe we will. Maybe we'll have a different conversation later. But when we, you will, when <laughs> we will, you that's know, Jackson's attitude on life. That's I mean that's I I that's why I know it. Too. I'm smiling when you said the thing about your gut because I've been I've been feeling this thing like okay it is black and white now it does I do like right. feel this whatever but what do you learn having gotten it right. Like, what do you, what do you get from now? Like now that you approach stuff, like from that place, you know? Uh, well, it's not just about the song. That's what I'll say. It's like everything happened, like no pun intended, but like you are not promised anything just because you get an advance, just because you signed a deal. None of that matters. Like everything has to fall into place perfectly. Not only yeah, with the song, so but other, the, yeah. the factors but, of that song that made it line up and come out the way it did. And like how that song came out on top in the end, like at first, I was no very not convinced that that song was gonna be a hit, not because of any of the people on it or anything like that. I just didn't know, like. But you're talking, you're saying like creatively, or I think a little bit of both. It's yeah. just like yeah, I mean, you know, creatively, it's one thing to be like, I believe in the things that I'm yeah. putting out, or I believe in the stuff that I'm sending to you guys to listen to potentially. There's another like. Essentially, I feel like Jackson is a firm believer in this too, that it's like you need to do everything in your power to be able to control all of the like variables that you can. Because after get right that, all of the like, things if in your you control. get everything right that you can possibly control, can you do? Yeah. there's nothing else that you can do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. And yeah. I remember him telling me that the first time he said it, and I was just like, what? Everything that's in it. our control that we could influence, let's make it the best we can. Yeah. Because if we lose for something that was in our control, I'd be like, there's so many things that are out of your control that can make you lose at something right. anyways. So like, if we lost because one that was in our control, I'd be like, God damn it. Like, yeah, we had one job. You know what I mean? All you can blame is yourself. Creatively, though, what I what I learned from that, and at the same time, it's like there's I'm still sitting here being like there's people who have done twenty of those, and mm -hmm. they know so many things. They know something that that we don't, and that I don't. Oh you yeah, know what I mean, I mean I don't but think all I'm you learn is like is like to trust your instincts on things, and even though they're going to be wrong sometimes, like most of the time they're going to be wrong. Most of the time they're not going to be on the mark. But like, what is the other option? Like, go against your instincts. Like, right. mm -hmm. you might as well follow through surely and decisively with something that you think is incredible because if not you're just going against your gut and like what and and if and if it's your instincts that don't bring you success in the end then like well you get to, you get to like, at least like yeah. you know sink with your ship or whatever. yeah it's like how else you know <laughs> what other option do you have what i what i love about the song what's like why and I, I mentioned it sort of off when we first started getting into it i still had a lot of qualms about pop music because what i liked about pop music hadn't really been happening for a while and then i heard no promises. I'm like, oh, pop music's good. Like it's gonna, and it's getting good, and it's going towards this place of, of like really tight writing and really cool melodies and like an actual sort of beating heart at the core of it, and an actual good you know beat behind it. And yeah, it really That's hit crazy. me. I mean, it really hit me. And, and so did you? Sorry, did you start the Loop Project 
like okay, so around quickly, this time. When the No Promises thing was happening, Russell, who is our manager, Russell Kaplan, he at the time was a an A&R research yeah. person at UMPG. He sent a different record that we were working on up, it's weird to call it record. He sent the demo up to Republic and the guys at Republic heard it. Um, Kevin Lipson, who is the head of commerce, heard it. I think he's now the head of marketing. Anyway, he's a boss. Kevin a Lipson's man. a freaking boss. Uh, and he works with Island and Republic. And um, he heard it. He was like, who are these guys? And he was the first person up there that was like, or not, he was one of the first people up there that was like pretty interested in like what we had to offer. And Island... Jackson had done a couple of re- or he remixes. I had done remixes? remixes for Island, but at the same Two? time, never played them loot demos. Yeah, and I, I was always be like, like, "Why hey, don't you do my demos?" You know? <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Which I should have." Yeah, I was just too timid. You know? well, it's the same reason that I didn't hang a plaque up forever because I was like, "I don't want to celebrate this shit." And like Jackson was like, "I don't yeah. want to show you guys what we have because it feels like the wrong time to do that." Yeah, and maybe it was. Maybe it happened at yeah. the right yeah, moment. Whatever. Yeah, it got to them another way. So yeah, yeah. and Jackson had done the Posner remix and the Sean remix. Silence on the Mike Posner album and then Mercy, Mercy Sean Mendes. Yeah. So yeah. And that was, a, for he me, was working time, on those... was a huge deal. And you're doing under, that under the loot name? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because we were like, why not, well, why not? try yeah. to like get her name out there a little bit? Yeah. Because um, well, at that point, we were like, eventually we want to do an artist thing, but we're not sure when. Was loot just love and foot? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Sorry. So yeah, loot is, I'm Emma Love, L-O-V and Jackson Foot. F-O-T-E. That like just hit me roughly yeah, 30 seconds ago. My dad ago. came up with the name. Because yeah, <laughs> he was Amazing. like, there's no way to make foot love sound good. Foot love. <laughs> and like he came up with our name and our logo. Like yeah. very, That's you know, shout out to my dad. Also to my mom and my sister and Jackson's whole family. <laughs> anyway, so Kevin heard it. Island heard us. And this is when the kinetics thing comes into play because the first time that I wrote with kinetics and Jackson together... Separately from the No Promises thing, that was like bubbling up on the side and we weren't sure who was going to be the female vocal on that time, but Cheat Codes had very briefly said like, oh, we have an a quote unquote A-list female feature. Well, no one she gets back from what she was in Africa. Africa. Oh, wow. And we like had Russell like look up who it was. (laughs) Yeah. In the months before this, I said like, oh yeah, we, we love this song. It's going to be like our single, you know, it's going to be They're a radio like, single. Like, like it's our real big it. single. Yeah. We want to oh, put wow. that behind. And we were like, okay. We were like, okay. We're, but yeah, as songwriters, you hear that and you're like, yeah, it's like you don't we were literally believe that's anything. Not true. You that and the dollar will buy you, you to go down. Yeah. literally nothing. So yeah. we were like, we, I mean, we were, we're like counting, assuming yeah. it was just not going to happen. Yeah. We weren't really putting any like eggs in our basket with that. And then, and then, yeah, sorry. So, sorry to go back to the story. So the No Promises thing, I just said, that's happening. On the other side, we are working with Jeremy Kinetics, Kinetics yeah. uh, on a random day because we had this other song that like this DJ group wanted to maybe redo, and so we like started from scratch with this beat that we had. But we they liked up, one of our tracks and wanted a new top line. Yeah, on it. they just wanted us to like rewrite the song essentially, yeah. and so we started doing that. But then it turned into this other song completely, and Jackson just replaced the beat entirely called high without your love and then yeah then that became high without your love which Mm -hmm. was originally going to be this song that was a dj song or a pitch song we write this song with jeremy we happen to get the attention of island because they're hearing about us and hearing that oh like we're the guys that wrote no promises too oh because that song must have been floating around can i say an interesting piece of this not to interrupt was that island had heard a couple of our demos from this from Kevin Lipson at Republic, who was trying to, he was like, you know, I love you guys. I want to see if we can get somebody interested. So they'd heard a couple I of demos. I what they heard, by the way. They'd heard, like, bad demos. 
I mean, I guess they were good enough, but we sat down and met with Island in we the context, loved, you know, yeah. on like, say, we, I'm just making up the days here, but we sat down and met with them on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. you know, had our first little meeting with David Massey there, played some records. Did we? Oh, no, we didn't. We no, just we met. Didn't. We, we just, just met. met them. Yeah, didn't play any songs. We met with them, sat down and met with them. Um, we had, on, on say it was a Wednesday. It was, I'm pretty sure, actually. Yeah. Uh, we had the session on we Thursday. Set, yeah, we set another meeting for Friday. Friday, right? Literally on Thursday, we go in and do our first session ever with the Kinetics and write High Without Your Love. So, like, we wrote our first single and we knew, and we cut it on SM7B. And we knew it was our first, like, it was so clear. This is our song. It's so crazy. Like, Island was interested. The next day, we happened to write our, our clear first, first single. single. And then the day after that, we had a meeting with Island and we played it for Massey with just the string loop. Boom. Also, um, only one verse. Um, one verse, dry vocal, one lead, literally not like just the string loop and the snaps and Emma's vocal on the 7B going, what's with the dogs? Like so intimate and so, but like the vibe, it was such a vibe. It didn't, you know. I mean, and any, you know, A&R or whatever has to have that imagination of like, oh, here's the demo, I mean, but this yeah, is what it could be. Yeah, like when they knew and he said something, you know, I would say if you didn't have that one, then no promises would be your single, but you're like, we'll be all right. Right. You know? <laughs> well, I remember distinctly like Massey having us come into his office when he found out that Demi was going to be the lead vocalist on the song. <laughs> so Massey had heard No Promises as the, as us doing the demo and then heard the Cheat Codes version with. Yeah, like, I think it was still your vocal part. in there. Or yeah, whatever, it was still yeah. mine. And um, then Demi did it. And like they kind of ended up getting wrapped up at the same time. Like when we found out fully that Demi was going to do it, we had already heard from Island that they wanted to put an offer in. Yeah. And then the new year happened and uh, all this shit went crazy at the same time. It was so so weird because she's on Island. So we were like, yo, if you get like part of it was us being like, just promises Demi's going to be on the song. (laughs) Um, And we're going to feel a lot better about signing here. Yeah. Also, even though those two didn't really it doesn't have any yeah. it just, they didn't actually affect each other but it was still like it was like keeping in the family yeah, yeah it was like yeah we were talking with Massey one night I think it was the day that we were going to sign our deal right it was like yeah. the night before we were supposed to yeah. sign or like we had already committed and he was like you guys like should we try to get you on the song and oh we like, like having it be like cheat codes like, featuring loot yeah, like, yeah. yeah. yeah cheat codes like, Demi on loot or something uh-huh. but I was just like I don't but I don't it's, think it's, that's a good idea. I don't I, know if I, that's like going to be a smart move for us. And like, yeah. there was definitely no way that we're, we, yeah. we should have. We should cool not have done almost that. keeping like the writing side yeah. and like the, I mean, we, the yeah, artist side. Yeah, it keeps it a little bit yeah. anyways, um, so. But the weirdest part about the whole artist transformation thing, besides all the other weird parts, to me <laughs> is that we had just decided to wait. We had legitimately just talked to Evan and Carl specifically about like the fact that we were like, I think we want to like maybe just wait until a label comes to us. We don't want right, to do the whole right, like, yep. right. we don't want to do the like the showcase thing. Three to five months or one to two months. Like I think yeah. it was so, it was one yeah, to two months. Yeah, yeah, Cause it was yeah, like, yeah. it was and very, it sort of very came, soon yeah, compared yeah, to yeah, when yeah. they started saying like they were interested in us. And we were like, yeah. I, it's very odd to me that like the second we were sure that we wanted to just wait for a label to come to us, like they did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it wasn't just Island. Like, there were a couple, a few other labels that were interested in us. It just was very strange how it all happened at the same time. One question I have, because it's something that we have for years just trying to figure out, is how do you decide who sings what? How do you decide, well, what does the song need? It's easy. Is it? Because the first time we ever sang on a song together was by accident. Right. We, (laughs) we, yeah, we decide by whatever makes the song best. Yeah. So like it's like if this song is better, there's no pride. There's no rhyme issue reason. in it. Like Wish Are I Never sure? Met You yeah. is one of our biggest, like our third biggest song, and Emma didn't even sing on it. 
And like the whole, and, and it, mainly the group is centered around, no, mainly the group, it's like most of the songs are Emma, you know, it's like Singer. 60, 70%. Yeah. She's kind of naturally just the front person of the group, but it is a collective duo and it's like two of our brains and ideas. So literally whatever, like if a song is made better by it being a duet, like No Promises was, then we'll both sing on it. If it's made better by being a guy song, then I'll sing on it. If it's made better as a girl song, Emma will sing on well, it. What is so impressive too is that sometimes it's like, the communication, like the story within the song being it's the guy and the girl, and sometimes it's just yeah. as a layer just like a thing. Yeah, thing. yeah. yeah um, reinforce me. I mean, Lost, yeah. is that? Yeah. yeah. I think you guys just juggle that really well, but also it was just something that felt very relevant to the questions that we always ask. Yeah, it's still there's some, something we're trying something's to Something's always out. added and something's always lost in different kinds of ways right. when, mm-hmm. you know, you stack versus you do one solo. I mean, solo we've tried, to, like, yeah. we tried to do Tomorrow yeah. Tonight with Jackson singing it. It didn't sound work. Good. It didn't sound good. It sounded yeah. ingenuine. Same thing yeah. with me. I mean, like, I, there's yeah. a lot of stuff well, that we try both ways. It is a good story how we did, how we realized that yeah. Like, we should both sing on that things. That is the best thing. Yeah. I, it's more of a you story than a me yeah. story, honestly. So we were writing the song called Tell Your Friends, and Emma had written this verse. We had this hook that was like, it actually came out for this group called The Hymn, and we they kept our, we featured on it. And it was like, you know, like, Baby, when they ask you where you've been, you can go and tell, tell, tell your friends. It's like a very simple, it was a guy song, and Emma wrote this part in the verse that was like such a swaggy melody, such a swaggy rhythm. It was like, when you leave, it's such a weird, and that's one, like where I was snapping, where the beats, it was so weird. And she sang it to me, and no matter how many times she sang it to me, I couldn't internalize it and cut it. So yeah, I was, was like, can you put the up. vocal in so that I can learn it and copy it? And she's like, sure. She sang it in, and then literally I played the thing from the top, and we were like, Oh shit! <laughs> like it and was my vocal been, and then hers coming in, and we were like, "Whoa!" But the best part is everyone had been telling us, "Like, yo, that would be a cool duet too." Yeah. Like, to a bunch of things, and we yeah. were always like, "No." Yeah. But so then so we, it was usually then one or the other, it. and then yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, how, that's how we realized, like, oh, these can be, this can be dope. Yeah. <laughs> it's still like anyway. A, sorry, yeah. keep firing. No, away. you're. I, like I said, this is this is awesome. But that's that. That was something I was always very curious about because it's one thing to have like, oh. Like two guys, okay, what, who sounds better on this or do we blend or whatever? But it's a whole other thing when it's like a different timbre, different perspective, potentially a different, you know, all that yeah, stuff. Totally. So yeah, little, little anecdotes about, an- anecdotes? Anecdotes about each thing. Which I Never Met You is one of my favorites. Uh, how uh-huh. did, in like a sentence or two, how did That's that come about? One. Which that- I Never Met You is it's a great story. Yeah, which I met you. It's a two-part uh, story, honestly. Yeah, I, I was at home uh, over Thanksgiving, sitting in the kitchen over Thanksgiving break in Boston, sitting in the kitchen with my mom and my sister, and I literally was like, I feel like I have a hit chorus in my head. <laughs> like, that's just what, I'm just being totally real, and it was not, like, the song's not, like, a proper hit, you know? Yeah. Like, well, I, I disagree, I but. Need, like, I don't know what, like, yeah, whenever I say that, it's like, we don't know what the fuck a hit is, really. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, it's instinct, and you trust that, and then and 99% of the time you're wrong, and then one time you're right, hopefully. Yeah. Anyways, for me, that's like how I process and think about things. So I was like, I just feel like right now, this exact moment I have a thing, and I went into the piano room in my house and like sat down in that, oh, na, 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 which I love, oh, na, na, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, do Jackson things, oh, na, na, as a hit. <laughs> Uh, never knew uh, that hook just like the lyrics were all kind of like I had a bunch of possible rhymes different. the lyrics weren't rock, locked in they were very in. different yeah wish I never met you I, uh, yeah there was other possible rhymes in it and then uh, we went in with Emma and Kinetics 
and I sang them that hook. Oh, the session. I don't want to put there. Tim on blast. Um, <laughs> oh, poor Tim. Because yeah, we love Tim. One but the love. first idea we tr- we tr- the first day we tried to start this uh, idea with him, and he was not in the session. Really. <laughs> he had Tim just no just credit, he had just pulled an all nighter getting a um, song out on a deadline. And like to pr- get stems call. out for like a cut and mm-hmm. uh, and then had a crazy phone call. It was all stressed and then like took a couple shots and like just did himself in and oh. having oh. one on, on an on a all nighter accidentally being like I'm, I'll be fine and then was just got obliterated. <laughs> yeah. And like he's one of our best friends. At the time, it was the first time we worked together, and I was trying to be like, okay, I have this hook. Let's do this. But the <laughs> like, best part of the, of the whole thing was that Tim comes in. We're working at Warner at like in New York at Warner Chapel. Like they have like this yeah. dope ass setup, kitchen, coffee machine, all that kind of stuff. So we're just like chilling, hanging out. Tim just gets in. He's hanging out with us for a second. He's like, oh, I have a call. I'll be good. Like we've already been in the room with him too at this yeah. point. Like we were like, okay, leaves, like go comes in the back room. Obliterated. He, he, leaves, <laughs> he leaves for like 30 minutes, has this call. And by the time we're with him again, he's like a different person. <laughs> like actually, but we were trying to write it that day and we couldn't write it. So like So Jackson leaves. Tim I was like, I can't, and I, have I the can't try to write here with like. Had. I came in being like, I have a really dope hook. I want to. Ex- I'm like, yeah, yeah. You were, you were ready like, for Let's it. Do yeah, this yeah. Today. That's always how you write. Yeah. So there's a different day where we are also at Warner with yeah. Jeremy. Yeah. With me kinetics, and me. It's Jackson. I kinetics. Yeah. We write. Uh, Wish I never met you. Yeah. For the most part. And it's over this loop that's just little clap. Which I was like, I can't tell if I like this at all. <laughs> it was just and to I always hold tempo. Forget, yeah. I always forget that like, anytime people do that. And it was over a synth block. Like, boom, 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 boom. Uh, I can't sing the chord progression of it. I think it was a different chord progression, too. No? Like, no, it was like straight. So okay. like, it was just to keep time. That's my kinetics impression. So, <laughs> but we write the song, we leave it. Jackson's convinced that the song has turned out to be complete trash, garbaggio, shit, whatever you want to call. I thought the verses we just missed. I was like, no, we didn't get it. He thought that we just missed on the. He was like, you guys ruined my dope ass hook. No, I did not. You guys ruined my hit chorus that I came up with at Thanksgiving. My mom's gonna hate you forever. And then one day we're sitting with with kinetics in he's like, our how's, studio how's which i met you come out and i was like Jackson's it's just like it's bro not right. it's not gonna work <laughs> and, and he's like just and pull he's it like, up please so we we leave it we do we write a bunch of stuff and then at the end of the session again i'm pretty sure this happened later he was like please just pull up the session i promise if it's crap i won't want to do anything with it but i fully remember it differently than you and like kinetics does this thing where like he like he'll like punch his hand when he really means something that he's saying <laughs> and so like i know that he means it Cause he's like, yo, like, please, like, <laughs> let's do this. So Jackson pulls up the thing, plays it, and I knew, and I was like, wrong. he just turns, <laughs> he turns around in his little swivelly captain chair, and he's like, fuck. Now, did it, did it have the guitar at that point? The dun, no, dun, dun. nothing. Then it was me and still Alex the, like, went in. Then Alex, that was the first like real, real like uh, major label <laughs> cut that that Alex got. I brought him in on that. Um, Cause at the time, Alex was like sending me stuff. We've been good friends forever, so yeah. he was like coming into coming into starting to work with me on stuff and especially because he's a pretty good guitar player um so i was i had him come in and we co-produced and put those guitars on it uh, so is that alex on guitar yeah that's yeah. i actually he's didn't co- know that yeah, that's awesome guitar in that yeah uh your side of the bed 
You're oh, bad. And go ahead. And it's not that long of a story because I can shorten it now. You can tell part of it so it's not as long because we got to go. Through. Sure. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 it's no, fine. It's okay. I mean, we can talk for sorry, literally ever. Yeah, we'll talk forever. We're, we're condensing five, four, five years, six yeah. years of yeah. our lives. Six yeah. years. So, We've known each other for six years in, your in side of, uh, September. So you're side of the bed. We're in a session with Jesse St. John. The first time oh, we nice. ever worked with him. The first we, time we, we worked first with him. First time we met. In the, uh, in... He's so Either good. September or October. He's amazing. Incredible. So it's good. definitely Incredible. October. Because we were fans of him already because we had heard uh, Easy Love, which he did with Ari. And a oh lot my of God, I stuff. love that song so much. Um, so, so we're in the session. Sorry. So okay. we're in the session and we are actually, Jesse came in after us. And so Jackson had these two different beats pulled up because he was like, I, Jackson likes to be prepared, unlike me. <laughs> <laughs> and so he came up with one that was like a major key and one that was a minor. And yeah. We ended up doing a song that was like the more minor one. If it helps you get over me. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and we were working on the song for a couple hours. And it was definitely in October of 2017 because randomly in the middle of our session, I get this text from my so now boyfriend. Can I put the context really yes. quick? Sorry, so yes. context of this is on the plane, Emma is at the, at the burning bitter end of a long once good and now dysfunctional relationship is that fair to say not a relationship we we like they were breaking up yeah and i but like as, one of those long well, drawn out I mean, ones kind of, drawn out yeah, on kind one of. side so, and so, that so side like, is not my and, side and like, and like <laughs> our lives our, our lives are crazy and hectic and exciting and, and like we just have so much stuff to do we're and, artists now yeah and and it's just and it's been tough for not for as me. much emma but her boyfriend to like balance this and we were on a flight to la literally be on our way out to la she's like on the phone with him as we're like boarding the plane being like, we're on break. Like, we're... Like, well, this, this was the second time this had happened, yeah. by the way. The first time this happened was in September. So this is already a month yeah. later. We went to LA for a couple of weeks in September of 2017. Yeah. We were supposed to go on tour for two months. And my ex, my boyfriend at the time, was like, we have to go on a break. For various reasons, all this shit happened. And, like, he was like, two months is a really long time. Like, there were other reasons yeah. that happened. But, like... Let's not well get into it. Yeah. Anyway, we go on a break. Pretty much, I was like, I thought that we were done. Because nobody ever goes on a break and comes off of a break. That doesn't happen. Yeah. How many yeah. people he's, do you know that are in happy break, relationships? So like... Yeah. And so then he was like, oh, you're not going on tour anymore. Like, I've taken this back. Let's not go. And I was like, no, we're on a break. Like... Now I yeah. want I want to see what life is like because I've been with the same person for four and a half yeah. years and I'm 22. So our tour gets canceled and we are in LA for the remainder of like, the tour we were going weeks. on, not our tour. Not, right. Yeah, this tour that we were supposed to be opening for. And um, we stay in LA for a couple of weeks at the end of Extend September. Our trip, like, mm-hmm. I end up hanging out with and like other whatever. Hooking up with. Yeah. I hooked up with our friend. <laughs> And tried to keep it a secret for a really long time. <laughs> so obvious. And he's my boyfriend now. And so they were really whatever. like, yeah, they were, they were, uh, there was obvious, like they had just like a natural chemistry and it wasn't just like, the hooking up was like not even really the piece of it. It's like, there was some, a spark There was happened. a spark, yeah. Yeah. I still remember and, the spark, honestly. Yeah. And uh, of course, yeah. yeah. And, and this, great. and this dude is somebody that we've both known, David Brooke. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's no secret as his boyfriend is. Like <laughs> somebody we've both known for a while. We we. He's so funny. He's, he's a cool guy. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. he's the man. I don't know. And me as somebody like who's him. seeing Emma been in di- like a pretty dysfunctional relationship, I'm like megaly supportive of. <laughs> I am <laughs> mega supportive. I love David Brooke. I was like, this is a great thing. Anyway, so oh, we're no, in the I- session with Jesse. <laughs> okay. We're in the middle of writing a song that song. was really good. It was good. It was like, yeah, if it helps you get over me. Um, and we're like, the session's going great. We're like, this is, we're getting a good song. Emma's like, 
laughing at her phone or getting a text. And, I got all giggly for a second. Because <laughs> we were kind of writing a song Which already I never about, do. like, the you know, sad. I'll let you know how my life has moved on if it helps you get over me. You yeah, because like, it was about, it was about I'll tell you my that, ex. Like, I'll tell you that I'm, that I've, like, met somebody new if it helps you get over me. And I was like, that's so funny. I'm going to text David because I was, I was like, I, I, I want to text him right now. Like, you're getting all these songs written about you. And then we were, that me, Emma, and Jesse were like, is that a song? Is that a Ooh. thing? And then it was like, yeah, because like, well, in a way, he's getting all of the songs that you used to get. Like, he's getting, like, from, I'm speaking to everybody, he was getting all the songs you used to get. And we were like, what? Okay, that, 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 there's definitely a song in there, but like, is it is it good enough that we literally stop what we're doing middle? We were already writing a really good song. Like, stop what we're doing mid song and just go write this. And we were like, Let's do Fuck it. Fuck it. Let's just read it for 45 <laughs> like minutes. We had all the time. And I had and I had literally that splice loop in the thing already pulled up. That was the major vibe of the other thing. It was just the, the snap and the guitar loop. And so quickly it was he's getting all the songs he used to get. He's getting all the words because Jesse St. John is freaking genius. And he goes, he's just he like, goes, yeah, like something like with those lyrics. Wait, but legitimately the way that it falls like out of, out of yeah. his brain. He's like, it could be like, and you're like, you, you mean know, like, it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just like, it's like, you know, it could be like, you know, he's getting all the songs inside and, of my and head. And we said, like, yeah, and you're side like of the bed and Jesse's like, I love bed. that. You guys I were, that. I remember everybody was debating like what on the side of the bed you were doing, like sitting on the side of the bed, standing on the side of the bed. And I was like, what about like, I remember saying sleeping as I was going yeah. to pee. And the funny thing is, yeah, so anyway, that literally, the hope you never hear this verse all the way through. Like that, and then he's getting all the songs you used to get all in 40 minutes. Oh my God. I swear to God. We and the and Emma didn't even first. know it that well yet. So I was, I cut the demo vocal on a 7B, this mic I'm talking on right now, and it was me and Falsetto going, he's getting all the songs you used to get. <laughs> Which sounds And so that's all we had. Yeah. Um, and we didn't, and it was like, sleeping on your side, side of the, of the bed, bed, but it's still your side. Now he's getting my songs. Like, we had, that was so bad. And like, we were like, we okay, this is cool. We like thought that first part was kind of the chorus, but we did it. We we're like, this something. is definitely dope. We didn't know it. We honestly didn't know. We were like, eh, because it didn't really have a proper hook yet. We were like, this is definitely a cool idea here. We go back to New York. This is a great Matt Deardweeny story. He deserves the credit on this one. He was our he has a he, Yeah, he's our A&R at Island, him and James. We sit down, we play them. We had a, a done record with all these like amazing producers and writers we'd working with. We had well, stuff I mean, that we finished that we like, thought. We wrote yeah, back together. We had back together. In oh, that, in that like, same okay, yeah. Literally, that yeah. demo, which was like, sounded amazing because Monsters and Strangers were on the productions and mm-hmm. they were fucking genius. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, we were like, came That's back being like, story. yeah, <laughs> yeah. We had so many records that we were like, yeah, we have all these amazing records from our LA trip. Like, what do you guys like? We play all these things and the last one or so we play <laughs> or whatever is this shitty demo of me singing. Sleeping on your side of the bed. Like in falsetto. And Matt is like, that, that one. one. <laughs> nice. And we were like, really? Sure and he's like, finish that one. That one feels really strong. And we were like, okay. Yeah. And so we finished it. And then one morning on the couch, I was like, I feel like I was at the couch in my apartment, like kind of thinking about it. And I was like, I feel like that needs one more thing. And it needs like a big shouty celebration moment, which is like, well, we didn't have the melody yet. I just came into Emma and I was like, I feel like it needs to go like, I got me someone else instead. Like he's taking yours out of the bed. And we're just like, we need to say your side of the bed again. And then we actually spent a while. We spent four or five hours just getting Mm -hmm. that one melody. And then finally Emma goes, I got me someone else instead. Uh, and then she, and then we didn't know at the end of the course, and she just, I was like, we need another lineup. Yeah, your side of the bed, and I'm not on that. And I was like, and we're like, oh, that's that so works. obvious. <laughs> yeah, bro, even so, the ah uh, ah uh, took forever. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, anyway, so that's your Because it was bed. the same thing as No Promises, um, though. We wanted to make sure it was right. And we were so nervous to send it to Jesse. We were like, we changed so many things. And also, <laughs> we wanted as a single now. Like, you know, this was a pitch session. Yeah. Like, how would you feel about, like, would you be open to it being potentially loot single? And he's like, I would not only be open to it, I would love it. And we, were like, <laughs> we were like, oh, thank God. Luckily, it's Jesse, and he's, like, the he's nicest guy in the fucking world. The most boss ass um, bitch. Anyway, I love that. That's uh, great. And 85%. So I walk into a session. Jackson and Kinetics are already there. Jackson's in his little chair in the front of the room and Kinetics is in the chair that I sit in, always. And so I'm like, what the actual fuck? Everybody started this without me. Everybody uh, meaning just the two people I work with yeah. literally all the time. And so I'm trying to play catch up and I like have no idea what's going on. I'm not gonna lie. Like Jackson's was verse health. for 85% made no fucking sense to me at all at yeah. first. I was like, we had, the piano, just start with the, yeah, we, had the, we had the piano piano loop the piano like loop really was quick going me and kinetics wrote like we had so much of that so quickly not really the lyrics but a lot of the a lot of the lyrics and the melodies flushed like really quick like 10 15 minutes everything through end yeah. of like we did put your cigarette out on there's a ghost in the bed and then literally like to oh oh, oh i should really use my head like, i should really use my head to the point where so i was like why am i even Emma came in, in this she's session? like why but she came in not hearing anything and just goes we dive into this Which is a ridiculous melody <laughs> And me and Jeremy were like What is that? Just We were like Just record that right now So we have it in there First take she put in Jeremy's like No that's the take That's it That's the one <laughs> That's the one in the final record Was like the first time She sang it on the yeah, mic Yeah it was like the first or second so that It was, was, that it was, was when, definitely Comp of the first two Because I know Jackson Better than anybody Um Lost, because I know that uh, Alex also worked on Pointing that one. Pointing at the wrong yeah. person. Lost was. Um, I was All just, your I was favorite just, songs are just I was, Jackson. I was, no, I was just. I was just no, playing. Lost was. Um, well, I mean, yeah, you talk about tomorrow tonight. That like and Emma wrote basically the whole song. I mean, not that was yeah, my next, that was my next song. I'm trying to. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. Sorry, we'll get okay, to that. So lost. So lost. Um, Jackson. Yeah. So lost was actually like an idea I thought was gonna be for pitch that I started with kinetics and UC, and I was like, I don't know if this is that good. We kind of finished the day, and I came back to it, and I was like, you know what, this hook's actually dope, and this would actually be cool as like a big punk rock loot like duet, because also the chorus, what I wanted to be the chorus was way out of my range, because uh, I had started Stop. singing, they are colors, <laughs> and um, I think my yeah, and then Emma came in and sang the chorus like I was hoping it would be that perfect example of like. We just whatever voice is on there is what's best for the song. So we like, complement each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that One was that. it was pretty we quick. Work well together. And Alex One came and, and produced it with me. And yeah, that was that's pretty much it. Yeah. And now tomorrow tonight. Okay, tomorrow tonight. What a what a doozy that one is. So tomorrow tonight started off as just me by myself in my apartment, being really sad because the guy that I was seeing at the time, same guy that uh, that uh, your side of the bed is about, not the ex, but like. You know, the guy who's taken over. Um, David? Yeah. Well, David. But at the time, we weren't a thing. Like, we weren't... It was more on the down low? Yeah, for, for months. Wow. I mean, besides Jackson, yeah. like, it was DL <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I was really sad because it was, like, a very long time. It was one of the longest periods of time that I didn't see him. And it made me start to realize, like, how much I actually liked him. And, like, I was like, I feel deeply for this human being, which is weird because he's David Brooke. Not that nobody can feel deeply for him. It's just like so weird because he was like the first just person we like not at that's all. How, would that's expect. how love is. Well, like, and you realize you love somebody when you miss them. Like that's yeah, kind yeah. of such a strong feeling. It was like the first stretch of like six weeks, and it was in like winter, like the dead of winter. And I was just like, I feel there's like a pit in my stomach, and like I don't want to do things. 
And Jackson had also at the same time been like, yo, I need you to like, to like, not step it up, but like, I need you to like be a hundred percent right now, like with me. Cause I feel like we're going to do some like really important shit in the next few months. And like, I knew that we were going to have an EP coming together and like, yeah. You know, I had been a little bit like not off completely, just like having a moment where <laughs> well, I was, you were like, feeling, it was hard for me yeah. to express the things I was going through. And we didn't really have like our through. favorite single yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't have like a, a follow up your side of the bed type situation where it was like something that just resonates or something that feels yeah. like that. And um, this Tomorrow Tonight is not that song, by the way. <laughs> it's very different. But I just was sitting at the piano and I was like, I don't like I don't know how to describe what I'm feeling. Like, it doesn't make sense. And I just wrote this chorus and like David is in California and I'm in New York and California is three hours behind. So when I wrote the chorus, the whole point was like, when you're up at 2 a.m., you know that I'll be up at five. Mm. Let me be your tomorrow and tonight. When you're up at 2 a.m., you know that I'll be up at five. Let me be your tomorrow tonight. Let me be your tomorrow tonight. Even though they technically That's why it's my both- it's great. Like they're both, they both take place in today, whatever. It's weird. It's such a, in the first, sorry to cut in because that struck me. I immediately got what it was because I'm like, when you're out at a, because <laughs> the first part, so I pour another shot every time that's your lips and chase you down. It's, it's like, okay, we're out drinking. So I'm picturing like somebody on the West Coast being out drinking and like realizing that it's too late for the other person to be awake on the East yeah. Coast. And like, I can't talk to this person anymore tonight because they're on the East Coast and here I am drunk and I want to be able to talk to this person that I miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But all of a sudden, you get to that threshold where, where like somebody I'll stay, else's I'll tomorrow yeah, is your I'll tonight. Wake up early for you. Somebody else's tomorrow is your tonight. Well, like I'm staying up let all me be night. Your tomorrow like, tonight. I'll talk to you all night. I'll yeah. stay up. I'll wake up. Yeah. Whatever. Like, I'm up at five a.m. Me, if I'm you're here. at the bar at two, you can. It's it's, yeah. it's yeah. night for you yeah. tomorrow for me. That's real sweet. Yeah. Um, My original version was end I'll be, but I think we, we changed, changed it. To let me be. Jackson was like, it should be let me be. Well, because it's also that agreement of like when you start something, you know. The verses of that were the funniest thing. Uh, oh my God. We rented a house with yeah. Kinetics and One Love. We were like a 10 day little writing retreat in LA here. We rented a house in the and hills. Yeah, it was <laughs> great. <laughs> we had, we had like all Raptor sessions for that day. We're just hanging out at the house. It was the uh, Kinetics house. came into the room. Uh, me and Emma played a song we'd written that day that um, Kinetics was going through some shit. We played it for him. I'd never seen him cry. He's just crying. I don't know. <laughs> and we're like, Kinetics I didn't, damn, starts, I didn't like, actually, the locks- song is now coming out with Rehab, I think. It oh, is. wow. Yeah, we wrote it with Delacy. But Kinetics like mm. walks out onto the balcony, like trying yeah, yeah. to like, pretend like he's And we're good. like, where are you going, bro? And he's like, he come turning around okay. to hide that he's like tearing. And we're like, what's going on here? And then, and then Germ, Ger- Jamaican yeah, Germ, yeah, yeah, yeah. who's, who's like just, just been hanging house. out at the house all week because he's the fucking man. He makes um, the best pancakes. Known yeah, to man. And like hooking and ho- cooking and ordering. Did you say hooking? Yeah, I would say <laughs> cooking and ordering Taco Bell and shit and like just like being the homie. He comes in and we play the song and he starts crying and I'm like, why are you crying? And Jeremy's like, I'm crying because you're crying. I almost started crying. I was like, I'm just crying because you're crying, bro. And, I'm just, like, and we're like, what? And Emma's there. like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, she's like, what the fuck is going on? Why am I the only one not crying? That doesn't make so, any well, sense. That's how you so then, yeah. and Jeremy's like, yo, p- pull up that hook that Emma had. Because the creation of Tomorrow Tonight happened. We and Emma were walking out of the lobby in New York at UMPG, and she sang me this. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> we got to the studio, and I played it for Jeremy, like just sang it. And he's like, that's crazy. A couple weeks later, he's like, what is that hook? So oh, yeah. we Jeremy pulled it up, me, and like, Jeremy's like, I feel like the verse is just like, I'm feeling foolish just because you found been the voice memo of that. someone. And then I think Emma's, who's about idea was it? Yeah. Or whatever. It was like, in that, 
all the verses, verse one, two, and pre were written in 30 minutes. Holy shit. Oh, I love wow. that. David was coming yeah. to pick me up to take me to dinner. And on that note, we have to run. Yo, guys, yeah. thank, you, thank so you so much, much for coming by. This was absolutely yeah. incredible. Thank you so much for having us. Sorry we got rushed there at the end. No, right. no worries. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so here. much. I'd like to thank Jägermeister and Isotope for their early support of Talking Lion.